Talking about surfing is fun. Tell you what's not that fun is home loans, but you do need to have a look at it every now and again. So if you do want to check your borrowing options for your home loan, car loans, commercial finance, whatever it is, have a chat with the local experts, Dunbay Home Loans. That's Andrew at dunbayhomeloans.com.au. Hey guys, um, I'm John Chunka and you're listening to the Barrel Surf Podcast. Hey Adzi, so Cheeky Monkey's been on board for a fair while now and I believe they are doing a bit of a discount for our listeners. Yeah mate, if you go up to the Vass Brewing Facility in the industrial area there, and you drop the name Barreled Surf Podcast. They said they'll do 10% off uh, any takeaway sales and I assume 10% off over the woodwork too. But if you want to stop in there and grab some beer, uh, yeah, 10% off. Tell them Barreled Surf Podcast sent you. Just refresh my memory. What sort of uh, situation have we got with Forrester Estate long-term supporters of the program? Mate, Forrester Estate will give you 25% off if you use Barreled in uh, in the coupon section of the internet sales department. Uh, That's in the checkout coupon if uh, you're not sure what that means. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mate, 25% off. It's actually a, a pretty massive saving. It's almost um, wholesale apparently um, what the shops will be buying it for. So uh, you get free local delivery, Margaret River, Busso, Dunsborough and... If it's over 200 bucks, you get free delivery Australia-wide. So Sounds like a sick days. deal, mate. Get on board, everyone. You. You. I have been ripping into the AG1s lately. All the vitamins and minerals that you need all in one convenient sachet or convenient scoop. What about you, mate? You've been on the AG1 program? Yeah, mate. I uh, start each morning with a little AG1. I go a little warm lemon water in the morning nice. just to clean the liver of a few other sponsors and then uh, and then rip into the AG1 and then into breakfast and I'm out the door and uh, on the building site ready to fucking go. Yeah, i tell you one thing I've noticed with that as well is uh, <laughs> the gut health is what I was talking about, Adzi. But uh, yeah, get on board the AG1 and uh, get on to athleticgreens.com forward slash barreled. Get all your goodies, get all your uh, bonus products there and uh, they'll obviously know that you've come through us. So thanks for that. You. some shark eye sticks on my boards lately, Adzi. It just gives me a little sense of security, I reckon, when I've got those stickers on. Mate, those guys are watermen of the highest order. They were commercial ab divers down on the south coast. They know the ocean as well as anyone, and if they reckon it helps, then it helps. So I put shark eye stickers on the bottom of my boards. Um, that's where it all began for them. They moved into wetsuits. Their wetsuits are awesome. We've talked about them. Get on them and, uh, yeah, can't hurt, man. It's got to be got to improve the odds a little bit. Yeah, Shark Eyes. Barrel Surf Podcast. 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 Yeehaw! Hey, welcome back to Barrel Surf Podcast. Namu here with you, and we are in the resplendent residence of Barry Young. We are back here again to have a bit of a chat, a bit more of a chat with Baz. We missed out on a few stories last time, so here we are. I'm very, very pleased to say that to my left is T-Bone. You're back, mate. 
I'm back, and uh, what an honour it is to be out of the shed quarters in the Hilton quarters. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Hilton quarters. This is the Hilton quarters. So much history in this room. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, well, you know that saying, straight to the pool room. Yeah, exactly. I had one. Yeah, yeah. You know, the wife's very happy not to have any of this shit in the main house. <laughs> have you very ever, happy. Have you ever been to Bonnie Doon? Bonnie Doon, no. I've, I've been there. Have you? Had a beer in the pub. You're a joke. I know. Bought the stubby holder. Happy days. Yeah. <laughs> Bought the stubby holder. And of course, we've got Ads Kennedy. He's already yep. talking. But uh, <laughs> welcome back to Baz's Man Cave. And uh, of course. Yeah, the Man Cave. Mr. Barry Young, welcome back to the podcast, mate. We had oh. a bit of a chat in the last episode and yes. we uh, we thought, nah, there's way too many stories to yeah. finish up there. So well, I'm glad you came back quick, Namu, because you know I'm at an age where I don't buy green bananas anymore, so I'm glad we, <laughs> glad we only did it a few days later. Yeah, no, I thought that was a good idea. We, I mean, we ripped into a good almost three hours and then yeah. we just knew there so many stories to go and then there's all these cool photos and we're yeah. like, let's just strike while the iron's hot. Well, you didn't get me pissed last time. So. I know. Well, I'm, we've so given imagine, you a, We started out on the Cheeky Monkey double IPA this yes. time, so that'll, That's right. yeah, that'll that get you going. Yeah. But, mate, I believe uh, where we left off, we are talking about that awesome... Um, rip curl photo of the original rip curl factory in Torquay that was framed by the uh the wood that came off the building so um it's you the said bakery in in Torquay yeah yeah it's you the told old us bakery that. so um we yeah we got the lowdown on that picture i think that's where we left off we just checked the card because yeah. it is a couple of days later yeah, yeah um but we thought that'd be a good segue you said you had some really cool um because you were in the industry for yeah. so long the surf industry. You said you did have some cool stories relating to the surfing industry. Do you yeah. want to hit us with a couple of them? Um, they're not really outrageous. It's just basically about the business life of what happened with surfwear and how it all started. And I was fortunate enough to just be there at, at the very start. We moved here in 72, March of 72. The idea was to come over here. As I told you before, I'd been over here in 68. 69 and then I came back I didn't have any surf labels to start with but while I was I bought over a few labels I think I mentioned trail view caravan mirrors and all this stuff you know just anything I could sell hockey straps I didn't oh, care. we went there yeah, that's right we went through the hockey strap the stories. old hockey strap yeah. Yeah. and uh, so um the the opportunity to to do get into surfwear came when I sort of look back at my association with the guys that started Rip Curl, which was before they started Rip Curl. So yep. they started Rip Curl in 69. And I used to go to um, Bells with other guys, you know, groups of guys and the old Charger that I was showing you photos of before. Yep. It was a single spinner Ford made in 1952. And, you know, the radio station gave it to us. And yeah, yeah. It was the, sponsoring the old us. Day. You remember that, all that? Yeah, you told yeah. us about that one. So we'd go over to Bells because it's sort of a night trip. Yeah, we, we went to probably three or four Bells contests. And I knew Brian Singer. Actually, sorry, this is pre-Bells contest. We were just going to Victoria because Ripco actually started the Bells contest, you know. Yeah, I met Brian Singer out in the water. He was a school teacher, uh, pretty chatty and nice guy. Because you've got to remember the numbers of surfers everywhere. And Victoria's a really cold place and... You know, the numbers were so much smaller than, you know, yeah. to, for that to happen now, it, you know, you wouldn't met, meet someone was going to go on and do something as easily as what I did then, you know. So, yeah, he was just a school teacher and Doug Warbrick, we went to the golf club one night and had a meal and... He was your, he was your waiter, wasn't and he? And he was the waiter there yeah. in a white shirt and a black bow tie <laughs> and he was the wine waiter at night in the, in the golf club. So, um, 
Yeah, that was rather interesting. But it's only interesting when you look back. At the time, I just thought, oh, that's that guy who's out in the water at sort of Bells or wherever, and we might have been surfing. When we came here, my timing was incredibly lucky because they wanted to appoint an agent in WA. They didn't have agents in other states, but WA was like so fucking far away that they just wanted to make sure that they had somewhere here. Because if you have a local agent, the whole idea is not only to sell the range, it's to collect money. There's a lot of people, especially in the early days of the surf business, didn't pay their bills really well. <laughs> so you needed someone hands-on. So they did or want they an agent. Or they used the Coke machine to Sorry? Or they used the Coke can. Well, yeah, the Coke machine. Yeah, as Hillsy did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, I rang him up and they were just about to appoint an agent. Len Dibbon had put his hand up, but he was a retailer and I don't think they, they knew that wouldn't sort of work well with the other three or four retailers in WA because that's yeah. all there was. There was yep. Corningley's. Believe it or not, the, the, strangely enough, one of the un, other few accounts was Good Earth Surf Shop in Bunbury. Oh, right. They started really early. Wow, American guy Legends. and his wife, yeah. So there was them, there was uh, Oceans, uh, there was Len Dibbon, there was Cordingley's. Oceans then became Star later on with oh, Dave yeah. Kennedy. You know? yeah. um, there wasn't a lot of accounts, but um, they needed someone here and it just all gelled because they sort of knew me. From the water, although I sort of had to remind them, but he sort of <laughs> yeah. said, you remember me? I was talking to you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, so we got Rip Curl, and yeah. Rip Curl was just wetsuits. There's nothing else. That's all they, they did. We didn't do much with it for a long time. I'm talking three years. There was four accounts. Hardly any of them even had surf clothing. They didn't, didn't have surf clothing. They were just selling boards. Yeah. Maybe a couple of accordingly T-shirts. and Block of wax. And, yeah, that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah. So... I never did anything with it for a long time, and it's only because the opportunity wasn't there to grow it, you know. Mm. But they were understanding. They knew what it was like. We ended up, yeah, just sort of sitting on our hands, so to speak, with the brand, but we were selling a few weddies, but not a lot. And then um, I got rung up about this ex-partner that was leaving, a guy called Alan Green. I didn't know him when he was at Rip Curl, but I really only knew those two guys. I didn't pretty... That's a couple of... You know, that photo of that old bakery where they started is actually a couple of years ahead of when they want, they were ready to put an agent in WA, you know. So I was their first agent in Australia. Like I said, they'd take a trip up to Queensland, they'd drive up the coast with a few styles of weddies, drop into a couple of shops and try and take orders for weddies. that They did it all themselves, Doug Walbrick and Brian, you know. Oh, yeah. So they weren't at a stage where they had a lot of feet on the ground showing the range anywhere, you know. What happened was was that um, uh, one of their partners, a guy called Alan Green, was leaving Rip Curl because he just had this want to do board shorts. Brian rang me up and he said, uh, look, we've, one, of our, one of our ex-partners is leaving and... You know, um, I'm talking to you because he doesn't know you, but just to give you, you know, the heads up that he's looking for an agent in WA and his name's Alan Green and the brand's Quicksilver. So at the time, you know, it's just a, a name out of nowhere, you know. Yeah. So you don't get overexcited about it because yeah. no one's ever heard of it, you know. <laughs> it's a bizarre concept. And uh, so there was like five pairs of board shorts for a range of styles, five different styles. And in the wintertime, they did Ugg boots and... Uh, woolen jackets so they had a little winter range oh yeah same same deal no one really to sell it to so i started selling i couldn't sell at the surf shops because there was no one really doing clothing hardly so i thought i've got to go to clothing stores and at that time you weren't really thinking about image and where you could put this product where it's best suited 
you were just thinking, where the fuck can I sell this? <laughs> so I was going to places like, and I explained this, I think, before, yeah, Bones, Bones yeah. yeah. That burnt down, I remember. Yeah, burnt down, Bones. I, re- I remember yeah, watching I that fire. I yeah, was yeah. there. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. He started it, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I yeah. was a pyro. Yeah. And Jeans uh, West had started in a small way in WA, and... Um, so I was selling a few, you know, actually one of my best customers was a Junery. So it was more youth orientated, whereas yeah. when we sold to Bones, it was just done in the swimwear department. So yeah, they had yeah. a swimwear department, you know. We had to go with that sort of line to get a few orders, yeah. you know, start selling the product. Later on, of course, when we realised how it was starting to take off, you had to really think about branding and where you put the product. So we then started to pull it back from some of those accounts. But the law is really strict about, why you stop supply to people because really you're not supposed to you've got to have a really good excuse to stop supplying to stop supplying people really? or even to start if you, if someone comes to you and wants to buy the product and as the years went on it got really incredibly popular the whole surf industry yeah that was another problem we had so many approaches and it'd be like a sports store in Kananara or <laughs> and cuz so it went inland so much that, that was one thing i really noticed was we were selling surfwear to inland yeah. townships right up. In, I did a, I did a trip for both brands up to Darwin too, you know, yeah, right. and got it started there. But you know, it was just one of those scenarios where it wasn't really about surfing anymore. It was more or less about the look, you know, Fuck, people, yeah. you know. And if you if you think about labels like Nike, you know, when Nike got started, no one really understood about the tick. Yeah, they didn't even know that it was a sportswear label, and even the surf brands. You know, there's surf shops in Abu Dhabi, rip curl shops at the yeah. airport. Yeah. You know, and China's got like, I think there's a chain of 20. Really? And you think about the Chinese, they haven't really started surfing. And no. Let's hope they never do. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> fucking hard for us if they start surfing. And um, so it started to reach out to areas where it really wasn't about surfing. It was about as some of these countries become a little bit more westernized, they started to want western labels whether it be nike or yeah. quicksilver label you know, they didn't understand yeah. what the mountain and wave meant you know yeah. that was about skiing and winter and surfing yeah. in summer that was the mountain and wave you know it just was at the, like i say at the start very slow and so if i got those labels in about i think it was about 74 i got curl and it was probably about 76 that quicksilver started might have been i might be a little bit out but that's not important it was a slow burner for quite a while, you know. And so in yeah. the meantime, I was doing other labels. I had a few clothing labels. I was doing a label called um, uh, Denver Shirts, which is sort of like Gingham Czech Western shirts, but I was selling them to Jeaneries. I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to make a living. So if you're not selling some lines, you've got to figure out what things can I sell, you know, to earn yeah. a quid, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so we were initially entrenched in both the fashion, but I, I sort of moved out from the few little lines I initially got and just moved into general fashion, which was hard work, you know, like selling to boutiques where a woman comes in with her girlfriend and I'm showing a range and it takes like an hour and a half to show a range. You don't get yeah. out of it any sooner than that. Yeah. What I used to do was go, well, they're not going to be interested in this section of the range, so I'd try and cut it back. Because yeah. they'd sit there and <laughs> these older ladies would just go something like, well, what do you think, Joan? Do you think uh, uh, Judy'd like uh, a 12 in that? What colour do you reckon? And I'm just <laughs> oh, like, oh, you know, because... But at the early stages of the business, 
again, you know, you might only get a $3,000 order, which means my commission's sort of like 700 bucks or something like that, you know. So it was very slow work at the start with the fashion stuff, but yep. we had to do it. Then as time went on, it just started, you could see the rumblings of the surf industry, you know, that was starting. Initially, a lot of the clothing was, I mentioned a brand called Double Dragon. It's a Balinese brand. Yeah, that brand. was the sickest name. Yeah, you like that, don't you? I did, yeah. yeah you might take that on. <laughs> yeah. It's not on the market anymore. Oh, it was such a good arcade game. From yeah, the yeah, yeah. It was yeah. the best one ever. Oh, was it? Shit. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, Double no. Dragon. Oh. Holy moly. Yeah. That was like yeah. all time. Oh, okay. So, we were selling a lot of Balinese clothing in the early stages from a guy called Doug Spong, who'd spent a long time in Bali and and you know the pro the, the quality was absolute shit. It was <laughs> yeah. rayon shirts that were sort of badly sewn together, and I mean Bali, you know, there's stuff made in Bali now that's pretty good, but not yeah. in 1980. Or no, no. <laughs> so we did a bit of that for a while because that was surf clothing. The other thing that I could see there was an opening for was um, uh, Hawaiian shirts. You know, something with palm trees on, whatever rayon shirts. Sort of looked in. I'd never done any importing myself, and it, did it turn out a little bit of a disaster because I decided to buy these. Um, I looked at fabric swatches of shirts, and I was, and I'd pick out, you know, swatch three, four, two colors A, D, and E. Yeah. You know, da 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 da. And and I'd gone around, and I'd sort of found that the market, which was starting to slowly grow, that people were definitely wanted these rayon Hawaiian shirts. And now we sort of look at wine shirts a bit and cringe, but then it was the first time they'd come into play, you know, so they were they were a big thing. So anyway, so I, I ordered all these shirts and I ordered about, I think in total, I think it was about 4,000 shirts. You know, I eagerly waited for them to come in and I opened up the boxes. I'd never done, I'd never dealt with customs before, so it was, I was totally out of my league, you know, out of yeah, my yeah. comfort zone. And they came in, opened boxes, and the first thing I pull out, is a shirt with tropical fish on it. <laughs> then another shirt with a tropical fish. And then I reckon of the, all the prints that I ordered, only about 30% of them were Hawaiian prints with palm trees on, you know, with yeah, a guy right. in a canoe, you know, like yeah, you see yeah. Hawaiian shirts now. I obviously got rid of the, the good ones really quickly to the accounts, but... Yeah. Fuck, it took me about three years to sell these shirts with it. You know what? The funny thing is now I wish I'd kept one of them. Because oh, yeah. It was, still would have looked pretty cool, you know. Oh, they look Tropical sick. fish. You yeah, know? yeah. I don't know. But so that was my one and only forte into importing. Um, is yep. that our hot tuna started from you, Buzz, with the fish? No, it wasn't. I did the range for a while, though. I actually was the hot tuna agent. Uh, tuna agent and they were good people to deal with. Um but then as Quicksilver grew, I sort of was told that I had to choose between the two. So it was a no-brainer, you know. But I did do hot tuna for a while. And um, I also did uh, piping hot leg ropes with uh, John Malloy and Dave Hattrick. And um, uh, that was great. I mean, uh, again, it was the start of leg ropes. There was no one was I, – I was selling them and I wouldn't wear one. Well, I, it was just something, what, really? Put a leg of rope on your leg, you know? And until one day I sort of lost my board at uh, at Meelup. And in those days, Meelup used to actually break. There was sand right into the bay. Yep. So the wave would come down the point, right down the point. And I remember I lost my board and my board must have hit every fucking rock it could on the way in. <laughs> it's a very and I thought, shot. I better wear one of these things, you know? 
So was, we, that, was that John Malloy from Creatures? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah John Malloy, yeah, yep. and yeah, and um, and and his partner was a guy called Dave Patrick, who over there is dropping in on me at meal up, <laughs> a car park. He was a bit of a hassler in the water, Dave, um, but uh, he was a bit of a character. But in the end, you know, that's where John went on to do Creatures of Leisure, but mm. a few years later, yeah. You know. So we were doing their range, um, and. Uh, so I was just slowly getting more and more bit of surf stuff and was able to drop off a lot of this fashion stuff that wasn't really, you know, I didn't really want to be doing it. I was only doing yep. it because it was a way to make money. Gotta but, make you know, dollar. of course, if you've got a chance to sell something you've got a passion for, you know, to do with surfing, well, of course you're going to go that way, you know. Easy to sell too, I imagine. Uh, well, yeah, yes, it, just it was. Having, having it, that it passion became, for it. Well, the, the, the big thing that I noticed is probably in being in sales is when – when you're doing the fashion stuff, people didn't pay you, but they didn't really need your product that badly because they weren't so um, – it wasn't so important to have a label. Yep. If you didn't – if they didn't have your order, there was someone else they could buy from. Sure. So if they couldn't pay you, they couldn't pay. But when surfing took off, the big difference was that they wanted the label so badly that A, they were nice to me, <laughs> B, they paid on time, and C, they actually sort of said things like, well, how much should I buy this year? <laughs> and that was really difficult for me. I struggled a little bit with that because I could have sold a lot more, but I just didn't want to see people because you didn't know how long it was going to last. You know how sure. how big surfing was surfwear was going to get. Could have, it was, could have just been a phase. I mean, it was well, early days, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. You know, but as it was, it wasn't a phase, and it you know grew to un- unbelievable numbers. You know, so um, yeah, that was that was the. Um, the sort of crux of the growth and everything, um, but uh, I see a pretty. It, it was over a lot of years. Yeah. So, you know, we're not talking something that happened really quick. Like it, when it started, I don't reckon it really started until about. I reckon it was about 1980. So I'd got the ranges in 1974 and 76. That's Rip Curl and then Quicksilver. So it was at least four or five years before you could just see the rumblings of, hang on, there's more accounts now. There's more surf shops, you know. There was Oceans in the city, which then became Star. And Dave Kennedy used to work for me before he... I was sending him along to the creditors' meetings for Oceans because they went through. And uh, Dave came back one day and said, uh, Baz, I don't know how to tell you this, but I've decided to buy buy the company. He'd worked out that he could actually buy Oceans at a sort of a dirt-cheap rate, you know. Yep. So, um, so he... He did, and Dave was just one of the best employees. I mean, I don't know whether everyone knows him. There's some people that do, but he unfortunately died of leukemia a few years back. But he then started Star, mm. so he turned Oceans into Star Surf, Star surf Shop, which shop most of you guys would know Iconic about. Yeah. West Australian yeah, yeah. Surf Shop. And yeah. he was the best retailer, but he was a bloody good guy on the wholesale side. You know. Mate, I see a pretty interesting note that you've got here in your uh, in all these notes you've written under the business. Yeah. And it's something about the Rip Curl Bank. Oh Rip yeah, Curl Bank, and I'm like that. That yeah, that's yeah. jumping off the page. Oh, you love me. this. Yeah, you'll I, love this. I can see. I'm glad you're reminding me of this stuff. Okay. Um, so he, um, Brian Singer, they were getting growth. You know, incredible growth. And and you know, you've been in finance. You might sort of appreciate this story. <laughs> I mean, one of the biggest problems with anyone manufacturing is that it's all right to sell the stuff, but if you sell shitloads of it, and then you've got to order fabric 
rubber from Japan. In those days, a lot of it was just rubber out of Japan. And the Japs don't, the Japanese don't like um, anyone who doesn't pay a bill. They're just so meticulous at, like they are in everything, really. So as the business grows, you need the cash flow. You need the cash flow. Mm. And, and I've seen a lot of businesses that don't survive, not because they didn't have a good idea or a good product, but they couldn't finance the growth. And, and uh, so Brian Singer had to go to the bank and he needed another, I think it was 2 or $3 million, but yeah. at the time was a lot of money <laughs> oh, to yes. fund well, the growth. Well, we're talking late 70s here. Or? Yeah, you know, so it'd be or like probably doing 20 mil now or something, oh, yeah, I don't know. It's a crazy amount. But yeah, yeah. So I think, I think that was sort of roughly the amount. So he goes wow. to see the bank manager and I heard this story on a boat trip to the mentor wise with him. Um, when I retired, they gave me a boat trip to the mental eyes so Sweet. with all the it's better owners. than a golden watch isn't yeah, it yeah yeah so my boss gives me that yeah <laughs> and um so he's telling the story and it, apparently the way it went was he went to see the bank manager and claw was hopeless at this sort of stuff you know claw was more the image of the brand brian was the sort of brains and the driver of the business side of it you know so Brian goes into the bank manager, he's got his suit on, you know, sits down in front of this bank manager. Have you used to that from being a waiter? I'm sorry? Have you used to that from being a waiter? No, 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 this is Brian okay. Singer, the not, not, not yeah, yeah. Uh, Doug. Yep. Doug was the waiter. Okay. Brian was the school teacher. So he goes in to see the bank manager and um, he sits down and he's negotiating getting this loan and he gets it, all right? And they can sort of see there's growth there and there's reasons to lend them the money. So they've done all that side of it. And this guy's pretty straight. He's, he's just the bank manager in Geelong. You've got to think this is really country town times, you know, we're going maybe late 70s, early 80s, you know. So he's seeing this bank manager and this guy looks up and says, and at the end of the, they've signed the paperwork. And Brian, uh, this guy says to Brian, this bank manager goes, do you know anyone who smokes drugs? <laughs> like, you know, like this guy didn't, obviously. And it, for some reason, he just knew about surfing and, you know, drugs and... And Brian just paused for a second and he said to me, I thought about it. I've done all the paperwork. I can't, can't lose this now. And he goes, I don't know anyone that doesn't fucking smoke drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy went, oh, oh, probably thinking, what have we done? Lend our money to some guy that's doing drugs. Wow. So, um, yeah, that was just a story that came that's out pretty along funny. the line. Yeah, and one you wouldn't of expect that from a bank manager. Yeah. Yeah, it's so a weird question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing with and the... They gave uh, him Oh, sorry, you go. That's the other thing with that, that sort of amount of money at that point was interest rates were on the rise, mm -hmm. if I'm not, not mistaken. Yeah, they did get up to 18%, but I thought that was more mid in... Mid-80s? Mid-80s. Yeah. Um, so he got the loan, sorry? Did oh, it, did yeah, it, well, yeah. he'd already done the paperwork, yeah, so yeah. he just answered the guy really frankly. Yeah. And Brian was always like that. He's just great at one-liners. <laughs> you know, he's just... And he's the same with staff. He was just like pretty savage because he, he used to go and do all the winter snow patrol he was a keen skier as well so he'd disappear over winter but when he came back he was like just maniac in the you know what's happening here blah 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 but he'd be doing snow patrol at mount buller or whatever you know <laughs> um, wasn't around have a sip there baz because yeah. you complained um after our last yeah, session that um yeah. we didn't get you drunk you enough me, so yeah, exactly. big chuck. <laughs> We're going to attempt yeah, to do that yeah. this time around. So well, I was a bit worried that Garth and a few of the boys are going to roll up. This oh, afternoon. I should have told him. Yeah, no, no, no. I was a bit scared about that. Yeah, okay. We'll have a good chug of that one. Yeah, we could yeah. do a bit of a live show here one time. Oh, Baz. mate. There we go. How good would that be? That yeah. would be epic. Um, so, um, Baz, you, were, you when we turned off the mics the other day, you yeah. were telling uh, me and Namu something, and Namu was super keen to hear about it, about 
the the um everyone making all the counterfeit stuff and oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah tell yeah. us about that yeah well that was right in the peak of it all that you know when the business I would say that'd be well I got out in ninety six but and it was still growing after I got out but I just I was worn out and yeah you know brain wasn't firing on all cylinders all the time because of just the pressure of the business so I I'd, I'd actually decided to get out so that was in ninety six so I reckon it was around about. 92, 93, somewhere like that, 91, yep. um, it was just going gangbusters everywhere. But there was people making a lot of counterfeit stuff, you know, in Bali. Yeah. Um, not only in Bali, in South America, yeah, uh, Mexico. And it oh, was really Even hard. all through the 2000s, you'd go to Bali when I was going oh, there yeah. and it was just like, mate, every, oh, was, every, everything was billabong, rip, yeah. curl, quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. none of it was legit. Yeah. None yeah. of it was legit. Yeah. And um, I remember being told by one of the Quicksilver accountants that at one stage the counterfeiters were making more product <laughs> than the company was. So, but they were really clever how they tactically got around it. They decided that, and some of the times the product in a lot of places was really good. And so they decided to appoint them as agents. So yeah. they had control over the product. They gave them all the designs earlier because all these guys were doing was making counterfeits the T-shirts that were already out in the marketplace. Yeah. So what they basically did was they sort of set them up as agents. Yeah. You know, just came to some sort of understanding that yes, you'll be our you'll be our agent in South America. You know, so in other words, we're not. You know, because they used to take them to court, but it was always a oh, long-winded thing, yeah, and especially mate, if it's in their country. Third world country. You know, some of these, yeah, yeah, some lawyers were always getting mate. paid off and stuff. In, and the crew who was South doing America, it you know. probably didn't even, you couldn't, have, what were you going to sue them for, their losmen? Yeah, or, you know yeah I mean? exactly, like, yeah, yeah. We want all your sarongs. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But they, no, they were, they were still quite good operators that were doing it. The, the one in... Uh, was it in Morocco or South America? But one crowd was, they had shops. They had Quicksilver shops. Shop fronts. Yeah. Unreal. Like they were just totally blatant about it, yeah. you know. So, you know, the best thing is uh, they were actually creating their the brand in their own country. So the best thing is actually just including Point the yours, agents, yeah. You know, and I thought that was quite clever in a way. Because you look and at... it was quite successful. You look at Bali now and it's all like, Big legit authorized oh, yeah. dealerships. I mean, you still got you go down the side street and get your whatever, but yeah, there's a lot of like and the prices are basically the same. Yeah, in Australia. Uh, yeah, oh mate, yeah. I reckon they're more expensive. Well, they sometimes. could be too in in those actual yeah shops because shops. Yeah, because you go shops. in there thinking, oh, I'm in Indo, I'll get it yeah. cheap, and like yeah. iPhones, same deal. I remember just out of curiosity years ago, going, oh. Maybe you get iPhones cheaper in Indo because you see Indos with iPhones, you're like, how the hell do they afford them? But mate, they were yeah. they were exactly the same price. Yeah, and yeah. that's yeah. Kind of, that's because they're agents for Quicksilver in the time and <laughs> yeah. made heaps, heaps, that's it. Quicksilver and Ripkill and made heaps some money. I mean, you still get your dodgy ones now, but um, obviously, yeah. obviously things have changed in Bali. There's a lot more money. But yeah, yeah. In this one, um, Baz, I just want to wind it back a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you know, you say it was a, a sort of slow, steady build. At mm. what point did you go? Holy moly! This is yes. going absolutely gangbusters here, yeah. and I'm I'm going to be absolutely fine. Well, I think that even like we talk about the growth of of manufacturers and how you got to manage that growth, to a certain extent, that was also my problem too. Because in the end, I had like eight 
nine people in an agency, whereas there was a lot of other people that only had one or two that were doing smaller labels. But because I was doing Rip Curl and Quicksilver, it, it was a, it was a big market to service, you know. And, sure. and I think the other thing that probably changed for me is when the ranges went from just a clothing range and just a wetsuit range to then including, say, for example, Rip Curl. Um, uh, you're not only doing you're not only doing clothing, but you're doing an accessory range. So I had to start making. We had to make separate appointments. We had five showrooms on the go with salesmen in them and you'd get um joe blog surf shop coming in today to do the accessory range right which which would again would take two and a half hours sure and they probably wouldn't do the clothing range because they even they get worn out you know it's a lot of product to look at and buy you know so it was the ranges were getting bigger and bigger and bigger and i probably think that's at the stage where you just go shit this is just unbelievable happening where was your office set up at that point uh we were set up above uh, star surf and sail okay before staff and Sa- surf and sail came there uh, we were we were there first up right. on the first floor you okay know? before oceans even yeah, yeah well oceans was round in i don't think oceans was where star is oh I, wasn't it no i think that oh, okay. was star started underneath us yeah and dave kennedy who worked for me he basically he left the premises but he didn't go very far yeah yeah because he ended up going downstairs <laughs> but it was in um it was in with the old GPO is in uh, in um, Hay Street. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Opposite Mate, opposite Myers. It was there. a rite of passage when I was thirteen yeah. in the early nineties <laughs> to catch a train into the city. Yeah, you would have been skating through there. Going oh, going to Star Surf Shop. Yeah, it was so sick. Yeah, yeah. going to Star Surf Shop, have a look at everything. It was all pretty yeah. cool, you know. Yeah, and uh, and then you'd go a, what it was a few hundred meters down a joint venture. The shop down <laughs> yes. the road there. <laughs> it was like, mate, That's right. they were the two shops I used to yeah, visit in the yeah, city. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah, were both, I, mate, I didn't have any money. It was yeah, just, yeah. but they both just had this awesome, yeah. uh, you know, frontage that you could go in and yeah. look at all the boards and all the surfing stuff yeah. and the movies and the stickers and then was, go and look yeah. at all the bongs and the hippie yeah, yeah, posters yeah, yeah. on the wall. Well, at best Joint of Venture. both worlds. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think that to answer uh, Namu's question, it's, I, I don't think there's just a light bulb moment. It's just you just maybe look back one day and go, shit, well, look where we are now. Yeah, compared, yeah. You know, you think about the days that you slogged as a salesman to sell a dress to a bloody lady yeah. in a boutique yeah. and all of a sudden yeah. you got two of the best surf labels in the world under your roof. Wow. Yeah. You know, which was unusual too because in most states it would be like having Nike and Adidas in the one house. Yeah. So I was yeah. really lucky to get away with it as long as I did and eventually it did come unstuck. Yep. Um and I fully understood it because um I had to make a choice. And who and did you choose? Well, I Rip chose or Quickie. I well, it's really funny because I say I had a choice. I suppose I didn't really. But I was ap- I was happy that I Quicksilver was the one that actually made the call. And they more or less said that, look, Baz, it's you know we're all you're wearing too many hats. Yeah. When you go into a shop, Rip Curl, Quicksilver, whatever. Yeah. And the product range now is so entwined because you've got Quicksilver doing accessories. You've got Rip Curl doing accessories. Yeah. You've got Quicksilver doing board shorts, their mainstay, and you've got Rip Curl doing board shorts. Yeah. yeah. Then you've got Rubber from Rip Curl, which is their mainstay, and accessories with watches and stuff. And you got Quicksilver doing it. Yeah. So 
it's pretty hard, even though we always got the figures, we were always 10% above, we were 10% of the market and we generally wrote around 15% of the business for our state. So WA, uh, population-wise, is 10% of Australia. Yeah, we were doing like fifteen percent, so there was never any drama about the job we were doing. Yeah, but I can understand how it became more uncomfortable. And then what yep. happened was, a lot of the people that were running these companies, uh, not so much at Rip Curl, but definitely at Quicksilver, um, they put people in charge that um, were either accountants, didn't have the loyalty to me that Alan Green did originally. But Alan backed Alan Green and John Law, the two owners of Rip Curl of Quicksilver, had backed down a bit, so pretty hard you know they didn't have the influence anymore they could have made it yeah but they also saw it was going to be a problem so peter salem who worked for me at that time um he ended up doing quickie and then i stayed on with rip curl yep and a few other lines and so yeah and then only within about 18 months two years of that i decided i'd had enough i was i was actually burnt out yeah you know and when you do these late night you have selling seasons, you know, so you've got a lot of retailers to see in a three-month period while you're selling the range. And you do that three, four times a year. You know, there's, you know, but the, you're, you're actually doing a lot of night appointments, so you're getting home late. And I just got, I just got really a little bit burnt out, I think. Yeah. So um, I think about two years after uh, Quicksilver and us uh, Split. splitting, um, yeah. I decided, and Judy worked out. She's the financial lady, and yeah, yeah, I had some notes there that, saying she I was, was about so to say big had in some, the business because and your daughter and reception, yeah, my or daughter and reception. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a real. Apparently, you didn't pay very well, according in, on your notes here. Well, I, I, well, I made a, I, I questioned <laughs> that maybe I didn't pay enough because she left, and I can't remember that's your, the reason she. That's left. your daughter, not your wife. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, your daughter. Yeah, yeah. No. She left the job. Yeah, 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 she left the job. So maybe I thought, oh, well, she'll work for nothing. But yeah, no, I. Um, and she I don't even know what, I don't know what the reason was, but she was there about three years. But she was good. She, she was had a thousand really pairs of bikinis, but no money in her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's exactly, not no, yeah. And she'd gone through the, the side. She'd yeah. also gone through the era when she was at school, like getting dad to give her sticker packs, and she was oh, selling. I didn't know this, but she was selling them. Yeah, you told us that the other the day because just so big they were huge. in the early days. Mate, I would travel into Star Surf. Yeah. On the weekend, get the train, go in there yeah. with your feeble amount of coins yeah. and you'd spend it on stickers. Mm. Mate, no one makes you buy stickers anymore because everyone knows it's advertising. Oh, it's almost uncool to have it, too many stickers on your car or well, your board. Or, but you know. everyone just gives them away for free now. And yeah, it's that's like, right. Mate, like my, yeah. But we used to sell them. Yeah, I know. I, I, used, know. To buy, I used to buy them. And, and you used to but, buy these pages of all different little shapes of stickers, like a rip yeah. curl, and they used to sell sticker packs. Yeah. But in the shops, they just sell a page. Yeah. It was about an A4 size. Yeah. With about 14 stickers on for like $4.50 or $5 yeah. or something that, like that. That was big and money, Maybe more than Mate, that. that was a lot of pocket money. That was like yeah. a Paradise. month's worth of pocket money. Paradise. So just listen to us out there. If you do want a Barrel Surf podcast sticker, <laughs> get in contact with us on the Instagram get, or at Barrel hit up, no, I want to make sure I get one. I was about to say, no, hit up Barry Young and he will sell you them yeah. at a very yeah. good price. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like? Eight yeah. percent of it or something. Yeah, he'll yeah. take eight percent of all takings. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, yeah classic. So so yeah, I mean, it was really great working, and has been all my life really. I mean, I've been married fifty one years, and I'm lucky to be married to a woman that was just wonderful to work with. We respect each other and the jobs we had to do, and she sold a lot of ranges too. But there was times when I'd sort of be recovering from a 
snapped Achilles playing tennis where for four months <laughs> it was a bit hard getting up and down the stairs. So she sold in the business. She managed all the money side of it. And, yeah, I'm pretty lucky. In lots of ways, I'm really lucky. Oh, I'm sure. Mate, um, do you have anything that's r- really stories from that uh, business in slash industry stories you want to pump out? Or uh, can uh, we move on to some super cool surf adventures uh, stories? What do you got? Well, I did steal oh, some of your notes. Is there anything else no, you want I'm to really tell us about? I've got one. I've got one question. Ask Baz. Yeah. Oh, T-Bone's got a question for you. Okay. You mentioned you felt really lucky, Baz. Is that um, because the the surf industry was really prosperous back in the eighties compared yeah. to now? Like, yeah. I mean, we only hear that the that yeah. companies are uh, oh yeah are battling. Um, but you know, there, there's another part of this that probably a lot of people don't understand, but. These companies are still doing incredible business, but they're not necessarily doing it in Australia. You know, there's so many growth markets where the ageing population, we're in an ageing population in Australia, right? But there's so many countries in the world like China, uh, like India, and you think India, but they are buying surfwear. Yep. And again, it's this whole westernised symbol that they want to be seen wearing as they become, you know, even in China in particular. You know, they are becoming a lot more westernised than they used to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and surfwear is doing really well. And they've got giant populations, giant populations. And so even if they flag a little bit too. here, and it's, and I think what's happened is, I mean, if you really want to look at it, every young kid and guys that are 20 or 25 even, they're probably not going to be wearing a Rip Curl Quicksilver or a Billamong tee because their dad's wearing it or was wearing it. Sure. And they're looking for new little sort of, cool labels you know no labels yeah. no labels or, no or something that yeah. that is yeah underground it's it's so that market has changed but that doesn't mean that the business has dropped it's just that we're not captivating well those labels aren't captivating the market like they used to where it was just so important but they're still doing really good stuff and yeah. if you walk into a you know quickie and billabong in particular in clothing have always been really good at what they do Rip Curl weren't as good on clothing, but they were good, you know, a lot of credibility and wetsuit, mm. watches in particular. I mean, their watch business, when we were doing it, it was just giant. You know? Sure. Rip Curl? Yeah, Rip Curl's yep. watch business yep. was huge. And they worked watch. out a really good returns policy on the product, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I'm sure if you talk guys like Warren, who's now the new, you know, uh, prez of yelling up board riders. Was that? Was that? Um I think he'd back up what I'm saying. You know, their products are still really good in the hardware. Their clothing's not bad either, but Quickie were really good in clothing and probably the best of the three, and Billabong were pretty close to, you know. Yeah. And, and there'd be people that would disagree with what I think, but that's, that's what I reckon, you know. But yeah. you know, in your opinion, who do you think's been the most influential surfer to represent the brands like Quicksilver? Oh. And let's say twenty years ago, and let's say yeah. let's say the last five years. Okay. Yeah. Who do you think? Uh, well, I think it, you you can't. The only I think the when you look at a surfer, and even the the sort of average surfer would know that Kelly Slater surfs for Quicksilver, and he does it now, but he yeah. did. And uh, did very, very well out of it. He had a lot of shares and he sold them before the share price died. (laughs) So, yeah, he just couldn't do anything wrong, can he? And um, so I think he would have to be the most influential. Andy Irons, obviously, for Billabong, I think. Um, They were just such big characters Mm. in their heyday, you know. 
And what did Andy when he won three world titles? We know how many, you know, Kelly's won eleven. Eleven. Um, so, I mean, those two come to mind straight away. But Mick, um, Mick Fanning for Rip Curl would have to be there. Oh yeah. Oh exactly. Like, I mean, I, I heard know, he signed a, signed a lifelong contract. Oh yeah, he, he gets retired. over a mil a year, still for doing whatever he wants. Yeah, right. Over a mil. In fact, there's a I really good job. series if you can ever look at it. I don't know whether we talked about surfers this. got paid. How surfers get paid? How surfers get paid? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was talking about it in the water today. Geordie, Geordie has been unreal in that. Yeah, he's I been just brutally love, honest. I've just he? loved how honest he's been and how he's written off Italo and yeah, right. people like yeah, that. You yeah, know? classic. So, oh, really? What did I miss that? What did he say about oh, Italo? Oh, we'll, yeah. oh ba- yeah, That's yeah, yeah, story. yeah, we'll yeah, go into it. You know the rules. Look it up. But yeah, yeah. So. It is interesting to see how the money that they used to earn, they don't. But, you know, the the market was completely different. I mean, now they're making money out of doing their own vids. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. how they do it. Yeah. Because people advertise on, on YouTube time, and whatever, yeah, you know. So it's a different world, really, to what it was. But it for what you're saying, uh, Namu, is that... Um, uh, no, sorry, you, T-Bone, you're asking about... Um, uh, sorry, Ambassadors, who was the most yeah. bent... Yeah, most influential uh, as, yeah, to influential. Rip Center brand. It was de- it was generated. definitely no, Kelly Slater, yeah. you know, and there was a backup backup team that's been pretty good along the run, you know, yeah. Julian Wilson and a few other crew, you know, yeah. um, and then now um, I'm trying to think because I don't know if many of I mean Medina would definitely be for Rip Curl. He's so creditable, um, but in I South think America, yeah, yeah, especially uh, from Brazil, but. Uh, yeah, and in South America, but not so much um, for us. I'm I trying to think who else. <laughs> not me. I'm trying to I'm think who else would be. Griffin Colapinto is on Quicksilver now. He seems to be doing pretty yeah. well. Yeah. but I don't know. But he's not in the same league as like 20 years oh, no, worth no, of no, world no. titles no. and blah blah. And blah. I don't even know that a lot of people would still know that he is actually writing. Yeah, I mean, that's it's right. been it's a fresh. bit made of his yeah. contract and mm. sort of how it came about. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you're really following surf news, but not so much like where it missed. Uh, Reaches the max, the, the 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 masses out there, you know, the yeah, sure. the average guy, you know, where he's influenced by it. I don't think there's much so much of that going on anymore, and that's why they're not even earning as much money as they yeah, do yeah. those labels. Yeah. So that's a question for you. So you were saying about when you sort of saw it starting to take off. Yeah. We also sort of, I know you're retired by that point, but yeah. did you see the surf industry sort of falling over a bit? Obviously, you had the no, GFC. No, no. When I when I got out, um, I had to find a replacement for me, and it was a guy called uh, Simon. I don't know whether Simon's. I can't think of the, off the top of my head Simon's second name, but he works for Yahoo down here now. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh Mouse. Yeah, yeah. Well, Simon, Mouse, Mouse took yeah. over from me. Yep. And no um, um, it still had three to four years of really, really good business. But it, to me, it wasn't about that anymore. I just wanted to be living down here yeah. instead of just being a weekender. Uh, we used to drive home on a Sunday night and our youngest daughter, Elle, who'd started to surf down here, she... Um, she would cry because we're going down the drive. <laughs> and you're going back to Perth and you just one day you just wake up and go, well, why do I really need to keep doing this? Even though the business is really good, do I really want to be the heartbeat of it? And I didn't yep. anymore. You yeah, know? Okay. I just think a lot of people do. They just, and, I, and I think it's good to do it while you're still... I mean, I was only 49 when I retired. Okay. And I had lots of really good bears days and I was surfing well enough that I was... <laughs> really enjoying it 49 yeah 49 i retired so it was just like 
it was told us that the me. other day and it that's wasn't hard my, to do. That stuck in my head. I was like, God damn, 49. That's four years away from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted out. You're lucky yeah. you got that ahead of you, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Mates. Um, You'll just start your own businesses, you too. Yeah, exactly. Mates, uh, yeah, there, there's some um, really cool insights into the industry. Hmm. Let's jump into uh, some of your surf adventures and travels. I notice one little crossover here in your notes, um, how you met Albine because he was working at, at Oceans and obviously he was shaping yep. boards and no doubt. No, he you, wasn't shaping boards then. It was before oh, wasn't he, he started shaping boards. Oh, before that. He was yep. like the young grommet working in the shop. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and then you guys met and um, yeah, you became great it. mates and you're still great yeah. mates now. Yeah. Um, really good mates. You, you've got a note here saying we did we did Bali a couple of times together. Yeah. Some cool stories there to be had. Uh, yeah, there is one particular one that comes to mind that um, uh, I think is worth sort of mentioning. We. We were there, and it was. We got to remember again. It was really even early days for Bali in a lot of cases. Although I nearly went there when I got married in 1972, but I'd booked to go to New Zealand for a honeymoon and get a combi and travel around New Zealand <laughs> and cool. did that on my honeymoon, and uh, which we end up doing. But I started to hear just like whispers about Bali. Yep. And but my wife would have died if we'd gone there. I mean, it was the open sewer times in the streets. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know, all that stuff. So um, it didn't work out. But it was still early days when Al and I went. And um, we went out to, if you remember, used to go, maybe you may remember this, used to go out to Ulu's, but you'd park on the road and there was just an area where all the, you'd get hassled by the board carriers and you'd walk in and you'd walk across some, if I remember rightly, some rice fields too. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So... This particular trip, which was the first trip we'd, we'd done there, so we didn't sort of really understand the rules. Like, you know, that's that's why they've got to earn money, you know, so yeah. you just do it. And it was never expensive from the carrying your boards and do the thing. So we roll up in this little Suzuki. And, no, sorry, the day before we'd been out, from we was obviously in town in Cuda, and we'd go out each day. And, of course, the traffic wasn't really a huge issue in those days. And... Um, We'd walked out and the board carriers had taken our stuff out. And maybe might have been we might have done that a couple of times. And then the third day, let's say it's the third day, we w- we went out in this little tiny Suzuki, which is that real you remember those really little tiny ones? Yeah, the chimneys. Yeah, yeah, they got such a narrow wheelbase. Yeah. And I'd sort of as we were walking out, I was thinking, I reckon we could drive over this park <laughs> oh, <no>. out there. <laughs> so we arrived there and we thought, we're not stopping. And we just headed down the path. And we drove out to Ulu's. And, you know, they were yelling at us. And, you know, oh, we, no. we thought it was sort of funny at the Mr. time. You know, yeah, I didn't yeah. sort of have a conscience about it then. And so, you know, we drove out to Ulu's. And we went back into town that night, you know, went out to dinner and sort of... In Cuda. In Cuda, right? Yeah. It was all the news in town. Really? <laughs> it made it all the way back there. about that someone had driven out... No way. ...to Ulu's. Of course, we're going... That was us. That was us. <laughs> yeah, claiming it. <laughs> yeah, we're claiming it. And Nat Young heard about it who was in town. Yeah. You know, maybe not all of your listeners will know him, but a lot of people will. I think most people know yeah, Nat I Young. Yeah, Nat Young. Yep. And um, so he went out the next day. We didn't go out the next day. I forget <laughs> oh, why. I can see what's happening. Maybe. <laughs> so Nat Young gets there and he's going, I'm driving out. You yeah, know? why walk but three Ks in there? I don't think he even the... had a little Suzuki that <laughs> oh, would have no. even fitted over there. <laughs> Just and they'd put rocks across the path 
Because oh. once that had happened, they were really worried about losing their business of being board carriers. So oh, they yeah. blocked the path. I don't know what with, but you couldn't drive out there anyway. But Nat was just trying to pull these boulders out of the way, apparently. <laughs> They're all yelling at him. He's nearly having fights with the Barlows. And Chasing them with the big rice, oh, the rice sickles, those always, big know, metal sickles yeah. they got to cut the yeah. rice paddies. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he... Um, and, and that's sort of a bit of an arrogant guy, you know, and I don't think, I think that's pretty general knowledge. So yeah. he didn't back down. And we heard about that story the next day, but we didn't do it anymore. So we drove out there just once. Yeah. So that was the only time in those days Classic. you could do it, you know. Yeah, because, mate, they could have done, I mean, they can get away with almost anything. Yeah. Now, I mean, in those days, they could have buried you in that rice paddy and yeah, there would have been, probably. that would have been the end of no, it. No, right eh? the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's classic. Yeah. So that was. Uh, so you got good waves, that trip? Uh, we got pretty good waves, yeah. Yep. yeah. Nothing really sort of stands out as like memorable, but it was Ulu's what doing what Ulu's does, you know. Yes. Yeah, three to five feet and fun and like we surfed a few other places. I think we What year was there. that roughly? Um, I got a feeling it was about nineteen seventy nine, something yep. like that. How many people in the water back then, do you remember? Oh no. I don't remember, but I know it was pretty uncrowded. Couple, yeah. Six yeah. people. Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't like super uncrowded. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of people around still the world crowded. still starting. Yeah, yeah. Morning of the Earth had yeah. been playing around yes, the ar- right. around the yeah, general right. halls yeah. of uh, yeah. the so world. So it was probably about twenty or fifteen. I don't know. Oh, but, sweet, yeah, it wasn't that bad. But really. there was nothing out there hardly compared with now. It was yeah, yeah. single fin bar and all. Now that. there's like three hundred and fifteen out there. Yeah, I know. And how, did you return to Indonesia much over your years? Uh, well, Alan and I did a few trips together. Uh, Jude, my wife, and I have been a number of times and just stayed at Seminyak and I just surfed the beaches. I, don't, I can't be bothered with the driving out to Ulu's that yeah. much, you know, and it's not, it's not so important for me to be doing that. Like, I yep. can imagine young kids frothing and need to go and surf Ulu's. But the big names, yeah. The traffic is super hectic. Yeah, it's, um, apparently yeah. this year has been worse than ever. Right, right. I reckon since everyone's sort of feeling more confident about travelling and not wearing masks, yeah. I heard the numbers over there. In fact, everywhere the numbers are out of control. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I think Bali is completely cooked in terms of crowds. Yeah, everyone's going back to travelling mm. now. Yeah. And I see on your notes, Tabarua and Fiji has been a, a place oh, for you. yeah, yeah. yeah. When did you first tab- go to Tabarua? Well, I first went to Tavarua during the 80s. I think it was from about, I'm only going to guess, but I think it was about 84. I'd gone, uh, no, what happened? Uh, yeah, uh, no, no, I went, no, no, it was, I went to Maldives in 88 and that was the first time and that no one really knew about that then and that was really an experience and I did. I think I talked about that earlier. Yeah, no, that and, was um, a great, then great story. I... So I stopped going to Tav, even though, so I went to the Maldives and I thought it was a bit soft. You know, there was nice waves, it was three to five feet, but I thought it was a little bit soft off the top, you know, you know, I don't know. And I just sort of wanted a bit more grunt, you know, in those days. And so I started going to Tavarua for about six years. Basically, you're a fucking charger and you wanted a bit more steam, I didn't did, you, Matt? Yes, it's hard to believe <laughs> knowing what I'm like now, but there was a time when I did like surfing big waves, you know. Not giant, no, it's certainly nothing that like Damon does or anything like that, but they're getting towed in. Yeah. Pussies. <laughs> Pussies. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but no, I, I really enjoyed Tavaru and had a lot of great trips. Beanie went there with me on a couple of times and there's another guy that's a really good friend of mine, Dave Wern from Victoria, that I first met in the Bluff. Uh, he was a real desert 
Weller, you know, went up there for months on end with his family and, you know, we've all met guys like that, you know, mm. that live up there and, and Dave Wern and me are really good mates and he's been to Maldives, he's been to Tavarua with me and he's still a really good mate. So just getting back to Tavarua, Baz, was, was that when it was, um, yeah, have yourself a drink there. Yeah. This will be a 16-part question, so take your time. <laughs> No, it won't really be. Was that when Tavaril was super restricted in terms of who could go yep. there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it was really full on, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. And, and there was no drama with it because they basically had the blessing of the government and yep. they you couldn't surf restaurants, which is, I, I still, I think I said before, I think yeah, it's you one mentioned of the best that. ways I've ever surfed. Yeah. It's just you start smiling as you struggle. Yeah, that's right. It. I remember you saying that. <laughs> and, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and then Cloudbreak itself, again, it was all, it was all exclusive. We so had you had no to stay on Tavarua? We stayed on Tavarua. Yeah, we went we didn't stay on Namotu. Yep. Could you serve Tavarua? There was a combination at Namotu in those yeah, okay. days, right. very early days. Yeah. You know, Tony um uh what's Tony's name? The real estate agent. Tony Farris. Farris. Well Tony's become the big fan of um, Tavarua over well, sure. in more recent years. The nuggety goofy there. footer. Yeah, the nuggety good good goofy footer. So he's surfed it a lot. But mm. there hasn't been a lot of guys from WA that have made it a real passion well, to go there. Well, it's because Indo's on our doorstep yeah. and the East Coast guys have got Fiji and it's yes. like you duck yeah. off that way or yeah. you duck off to Indo. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a it's a big mission, I more expensive, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. yeah, when you could just go to shoot yeah. up to Indo. and yeah. Yeah. Or up north. Or up north, which yeah. is full of lefts. Yeah. Fucking yeah. goofy footers. You got yeah. it that easy. Fuck. Well, that's <laughs> what drew me here. Yeah, right. Goofy, yep, you, know. you did mention that. Yeah. I know that Aaron Carr used to do uh, seasons over there chefing, didn't he? Yeah. A while back? Yeah, I remember that happening. I wasn't doing it when he was doing that, but yeah. I remember him going there for a bit. Yeah, but I think you he's guys spent... You guys scored good jobs as chefs. Six weeks or so over there. Or yeah. Tavaru. Mate, um, talking about the... Uh, have one more sip there, Baz, because... I'm out. Okay. Well, as, that's perfect does have I'm, a I am going to... Uh, I'll, I'll take care of that. Yeah, you get him. We've got a we've got a really special. T-Bone's our uh, we've yeah. got Doug Spong, uh, Doug uh, Doug Warbick. D- Doug Warbick. Have you got a bow tie? You got a bow tie for him? Guess yeah. not. Guess not. We're going to give you Paul. a nice, um, a beautiful stout here. You like stouts? No, I'm not a stout fan. Oh, okay. I enjoyed that. I uh, will give him give him another. I don't double... have to. I don't have to crawl very far from no. the game. <laughs> give him another double IPA then, mate. That yeah. black one. Um. So you were me- we did mention uh, we can easily segue to this up north. Tell us about the first time you ever went up north, ah, Baz. Ah, yeah. Because it's a... It was rather interesting. Um, so there was me, Albine, and a guy called Trevor Kenyon, uh, otherwise known as Kemmat. Scarborough surfer, um, was in the Dolphin Board Riders, which I was in at the time. So I knew Kemmat through that. And Billy Gibson. Billy G. I tell you, his wedding was a fun wedding. His case. wedding was a good wedding? Oh, yeah. I got I'm not photo. surprised. i got a photo I should show you. It's a classic. Okay. Mate, spill the dirt on Where Billy was it? G. I Where mean, oh, no, no, he's no, been no. on the podcast the time, you know, multiple times. All the Dolphin board riders were there, yep. which was the club that he was in and I was in. I'm really good and, mates uh, with his son, actually. Oh, I, yeah, how, I actually had a really good chat to him out of the water at uh, at uh, up oh, yeah. not long ago. Yeah, good classic. guy. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, yeah I, like I went to school with him. That's how I met Billy G. But anyway, back to your story. So anyway, so me, Albine, and this guy, uh, Ken Mack, um, headed up there. We'd been sort of trying to figure out where it was. It was pretty early days. 
See, heard rumours. It was that sort of thing, like you go to the blowholes, you turn right or whatever. Yeah. You go six cattle Where do you hear the rumours from? Where, do you, where, where were the rumblings? Of uh, the... the rumblings were just really in the community. Like, you know, I was doing pipeline leg ropes and that at the time, I think. And it was 1978. Yep. But nobody mentioned these years. That's like 45 years ago or something. <laughs> it's exactly 45 years ago. That's when I was yeah. born, mate. Yeah. So... <laughs> So you're an um, old fella, aren't you? You know, we, we'd spend time at um, John Malloy's. They had a house down when you go down to Injun Up before you turn left to go along the coast there at Injun Up. On the right there, there's a there's a farmhouse there, and we all used to congregate there, and you know, a lot of guys would be around, and it was and you just the rumours just started happening, and there were a few directions started to come. No way, but not all of the directions. So then you had to go. Well, I know you have to turn left at the you know, the sixth cattle grid. But you know, <laughs> what happens when you get to that windmill? Do you have to go right at that windmill yeah. or go straight ahead? Is that the you know, second that windmill or the first yeah, windmill? Yeah, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so, you know, we had pretty sketchy sort of directions, but we sort of thought that we understood them. So anyway, we arrive in Carnarvon, the three of us, and we go, we're going and pick up some supplies because we're going out there the next morning. That was the plan to go. What car did you have? Um it was wasn't good, it wasn't like a point. Land Cruiser Sahara with fucking spare tires and all that sort of <laughs> shit. No, was it? no, no. I don't think we were that prepared. <laughs> no, I wouldn't uh, have thought so. I don't think so. so. I, I don't know whose car. This we would have been an old Holden of some sort. Might have been mine. I had an old Rangey. What uh, Range Rover? Range Rover. Oh, but so a you really were old one. Yeah, right. but but it, but it was fairly old one. Yeah, but you know it did the job. But um, at least you had a four wheel drive. I had I mean, a four wheel drive. That's yeah. pretty impressive yeah, back then, isn't it? Yeah. So. Anyway, so we go to the Carnarvon pub. So we arrive there, we're going to have a counter meal. We've done a little bit of shopping, got some supplies to take out, yep. extra water. We were only going for 10 days or something. So we go to the Carnarvon pub and we're having a counter meal. Then we decide to throw a few arrows, you know, darts. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we're up at the dartboard and um, I, I don't know, there was just this vibe in there. <laughs> it was really funny in some of these really early country places how much they didn't really like what surfers either look like. Oh, fuck yeah. Or, yeah, there was a real, like... Probably had long hair and stuff, the, didn't you? We don't take kindly to strangers around here. Have I told you about the Tasmanian bash? No. Nah, nah. Where we got bashed? No. Or I'll but talk you about have that to, in a obviously. But anyway, so... A note down. So, so we ended up, we ended up um, having a counter meal, throwing a few darts, and then... But guys were just like... These guys were local guys, and they were just brushing past us and sort of hitting us on the shoulder. So they they were sort of like just a little bit trying to pick a fight, we thought, you know. Yeah. And we weren't going to take any shit, but on the same token, we were not trying to make it go Yeah, you don't want to cause a did. scene, you know. Can well, we were going to stay in town that night, you know, yeah. like the caravan park or something. Yeah, you don't want them coming, no. coming around with all their mates. And... Oh, no. Well, that's what exactly what happened. But oh. it happened like we left the pub. Yeah. And So you avoided a fight at the pub? Avoided the fight at the pub. But when we came out, they were gathering and oh, you know no. a lot, a lot of swearing going on and just yeah. general, just trying to start something. So we got into the car, and they actually came up to the car, and one of them had a piece of wood or something and banged the back of the car. I believe he called it a four B two back in the day, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up driving out, and they followed us. Right. So we could see their headlights, and we're going faster and faster towards <laughs> towards um, the blowholes, and 
you know, remember, we don't know where we're going, right? So <laughs> these guys are following us. And yeah. luckily... So you were going to stay in Carnarvon, but then you we just We were going to stay in Carnarvon. We just said, no, we're, we're out running. of here. You know, yeah. you know, I could see that this was too angry a yeah. situation. The crowd was going, you know? who are these yeah. boys from yeah. Perth yeah, or yeah, wherever? Are, like, you yeah. know, surfers when they haven't seen many surfers. And yeah. So we ended up... Um, we ended up... That their headlights eventually, after about 35 k's, uh, distanced off and they turned around. So they must have thought about it and thought, we're running out of We fuel. don't know where they're going. They may not even know where we were going. No. Because we didn't right. even know where we were going. <laughs> so, so, so we ended up, all right, so we're going along. So we finally got the directions. We think we've got the right directions. I can't remember what they were, but we're basically going left here and right there and, you know, five cattle grids on, turn left over here and then go past the windmills, whatever it was. But it's, we weren't in planning to go out there at night, like no. midnight or 10 o'clock at <laughs> full night. Full of beers as yeah, well. full I mean. of beers, you know. <laughs> we weren't that full of beers. But um, so we ended up getting to a situation where I'm driving the whole time here and this we'd left the pub and I'm driving probably because I think it might have been my car we were driving. And I ended up um, getting to the situation where I'm driving across what looks like just salt bush everywhere and I'm hardly, I'm not really on a track anymore, right? Oh, no. And I don't know where we are. It's pitch black. The stars are live with so many stars. Yeah. You know what it's like out there. You yeah, know? yeah. You know what it's like. But really black. And all of a sudden, I'm driving and I'm doing about 25 k's, 30 k's because I'm looking for the track or something. Oh, and I, and I, I look ahead or anything, and there's know? no salt bush ahead of me. Right. There's oh. no, nothing low lying. And I'm looking out into black and I thought, Fuck, I better stop here. Yeah. And we were about 200 metres from driving off the cliff at the top of the bluff. At the top and of the bluff. And even to this day, I don't right. know how you still get to the top yeah. of the bluff. <laughs> oh, mate. For so, those that don't know, the top of the bluff, mate, that would have to be a good maybe 100 metre vertical. Oh, like, more than that. Ver- You reckon more than a hundred? Oh, it's like a Because a hundred is pretty it's high. It's a huge headland. Yeah, it's straight oh, off the water. It oh, maybe it might have been. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you think about it, like a hundred metres straight up is quite a long way. Mate, yeah, it might be... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could be 150, 200. But, uh, right. mate, if you'd have gone off that cliff, that that was uh, all she wrote. I don't think that I would have because I think regardless, when you don't see anything ahead of you and you've run you out of salt something's bush, going on, yeah. You think something's going on. But so. still, it still would have been yeah. giving you the heebie-jeebies. So then you're going to go, well, I'm going to turn around now. We've still got to figure out where we're going. But Yeah, because you didn't know you were on the top of the bluff, did you? No, we didn't know we were you, on the top of the bluff. You're just on top of a cliff. Yeah. You didn't know that the no, wave was at the bottom. No, the waves were just down to the right. But you we didn't, didn't know. And we didn't know how to get down yeah. there. So what did you do? So we ended up, oh, look, my, the, if my memory serves me best, and probably Beanie, if he listens to this, he'll go, no, fuck, we didn't do that bad. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say that we just eventually found a track that then linked up to something else that was a signpost, that not a signpost, but an indicator, whether it be a windmill or whatever, yeah. that we then got it right. And we right. ended up getting down to where we were, but it was about another 30 or 40 minutes of driving from being at the top of the hill <laughs> when really it was, if you knew we were going, it probably would have been 15 minutes to get down the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, on that trip, we um, uh, we met this mate of mine, this, well, this guy that's been a lifelong friend, Dave Wern, and yep. his wife and a couple of kids and... Another guy there, Jan, and uh, there was a guy from down here, um, Pete. I'm really sorry, I can't think of his second name now. But Pete was there, and um, 
Did you score, yeah. Baz? Did you score? Oh, ways? we scored big time. I, did I, you? I don't think it's pretty hard not to score there, to be honest. Yeah. You know, it's not very often you really Because you get knew bad. you had to go in winter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, I, forget, I forget when it was. I really don't remember, but it was definitely winter. Because was that the first time Al Bean had been there as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he got a photo on that first trip, didn't he? That oh, he ended up using room. to yeah, advertise yeah. his yeah. boards for well, years and years. photo at the very end is the bluff. Very, right is that at the you? End of the wall. It's me, yeah. Okay, we'll do that on the tour. Um, who took the photo? Um, I don't remember. Because it's pretty hard to get a photo back in yeah. those days. Yeah. Pretty rare. And, um, but the, the, the one of Al is just crystal clear. It's yeah. on his backhand. Yeah. And it, the, that lip is just folded over. And all you can yeah. see is a hand. And a little yeah. bit of his nose, and, yeah. you know, the, the, it was great. You know, it was it really was a good trip. So being a goofy footer, did that kick off a love affair with the Northwest? I oh, mean, yeah. we all know that you had a love affair yeah. with the Maldives. Yeah, did... but that was sort of much earlier. Li- no, that was much later. It wasn't. Oh, sorry, the desert was earlier. So this is yeah. like desert. And remember, I'd also come from Adelaide, where I was going to cactus a lot. So you were a desert. And again, hound. really early days. At you're cactus, a desert rat right? from the start. I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, I don't reckon I'm a really good desert rat. Like after <laughs> really? that ten days. I want to go into town and get a steak and chips. You know, at the, I'm with you at the on Roadhouse, you know, like as T Bone Styles, I'm about done. You know, yeah. No, I don't think I'm a really good rougher. You know, really. Okay. I, don't, I couldn't do three months. But you there, did plenty of trips there. back there. Yeah, we did. Um, what to cactus or to or no to Nalu. up north? Yeah, Nalu. yeah, yeah, yeah. We did quite a lot. Um, we always used to stay at Cactus in the early days. Not stay at Nalu, but drive the bluff. Down you mean? Nalu. Sorry, sorry. Uh, bluff. You mean? I'm you sorry, said cactus. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Sorry, bluff. Yep. And then um. We stayed at the Bluff all the time for a lot of years and, you know, Billy Gibson would be there. There'd be a lot of guys from uh, Scarborough. Uh, um, um, it was a group, lot of the Dolphin Boys, a lot of those guys went up. A lot of people were going up. Andy from the store was going up. Yep, Andy Jones. I was up there on one trip with him. Um, so, yeah, we were, we were sort of uh, going up there every winter. And Absolutely. when did you start sneaking up to uh, Nalu? Um, well, that happened about, I couldn't give you a, a year or anything, no, but it was, was probably it, was after, it, a few years? it was quite a while before we did. Yeah. In fact, that very first trip, this guy that I said was a really good mate of mine, Dave, yeah. they were sneaking off a few days when it was quiet. The first few days we got there, uh, the bluff was only like th- two to three feet, you know, so we were yeah. surfing these really nice little waves, but, yeah. and we were the only ones there except for them, I think, and two or three other people. Um, and, um, but... They were going off somewhere, you know, and then I think on the second day we decided to follow them. Did you? And uh, we could, we didn't actually follow them where they could see us, oh, yeah. and we couldn't actually see them. They were ahead, but it was going to tur- They were going to turtles. Oh yeah. So they'd found a place where they'd knock the fence over, drive over it, then put the fence up again. Oh, sneaky like, yeah. bastards! So we I get to it. the fence, <laughs> and we're going. Well, where did? The track goes through here. <laughs> yes. And then, so Good we're sort legends. of doing this sort of Kimosabi type yeah. Indian stuff. We're going, well, look, you can see how, you know, there's that fence has been lifted out of here because there's a sort of a groove in the road. So let's do the same thing. So we just followed it and then we found where you park your car at the back of the Turtle Sandhills. We just walked over and they were pissed off that we found it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Classic. And there's people out here now. The first time you laid eyes on Three Mile. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. Well, um, what was it? Was it roping down the reef? Well, actually, the very first time I went there, it was out of control. Oh, really? I drove up and I had this. I used to do this range called Ocean and Earth with a guy called Brian Cregan, who was the guy that got us onto the Maldives so early. Yeah. And um, 
So Brian was over for a trip, doing a sales trip with me and that, and then we decided to go to go north, you know. And um, anyway, we drove up to Three Mile, and there was no one out, and there was no one there. Yeah, there was no one there. Not, yeah. not another campsite or anything, you know. So we're looking at this wave, and we'd heard about it, and that's why we were coming to have. Was a there look a car it. park in front of the wave? Uh, sort of. Sort of. I think we drove across the salt bush and there was no there was no car park there. No, yeah, right. So there was him and me and Bob Muntman oh, was yeah. there and on the trip and someone else. I don't remember who the other one was. So it was four of us. So we're looking at the waves and I said, Look, I want to take some footage before I go out. Oh yeah. Because it looked like about five or six feet. Oh yeah. It was nothing like no. that. <laughs> I mean and Brian Cregan, you know, you wouldn't know of him, but he was in a movie called Band on the Run that Bob Evans made, an early surf movie. Oh yeah. And this guy surfs really good, right? Sick. And he was surfing really good still then, you know. Yeah. Has he got but a he, son he called owned Toby? Ocean and Earth. Son called Toby? Do you know? Well, I'm actually godfather to one of his kids, but I'm Toby Toby <laughs> Cregan, he's a yeah, yeah. Film, he's filmmaker. A photographer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's also in a band, a really popular yeah. band called The Skeggs. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I knew he played music, but I didn't know. Yeah, that. they've they've gone. I think I'm massive. grand, fa- grand, uh, what godfather. Yeah, godfather to the other one. He's got two boys. <laughs> Shout out to Toby and his brother. Yeah, we've never, <laughs> had to, we've never had to do anything, and we don't even know them as they've grown up. But it was sort of a nice thing that he did. I suppose. We'll call him Little Johnny. Yeah, Little Johnny. Yeah, Little so, Johnny. Anyway, so Brian and Bob and the other guy go out, and I'm decided to sit up the movie camera and do a little bit of shooting, you know. So they got out not too hard and so I still couldn't indicate how big it was but all of a sudden they started to look like little ants out there <laughs> and apparently they were saying that they were out there going, fuck, how do we get in? Because they just wanted to get in. It was like 10 foot. Oh, oh shit. And they'd never, you'd imagine going to somewhere you'd never surf before, this wave just reeling off a reef yeah, and you're not McFanning, and you're not no. Taj Burrow, and you're not. You don't have the equipment. Guys. You don't. You know. You don't you're, you're, you're good surfers, but yeah. Yeah. you know it's pretty daunting. You and know? you don't have that. So cycle. I quickly make up my mind that I don't think I'm going out now. Yeah. I mean, it's like quite like big waves, but this was another level. You know. Yeah, oh, yeah. A three mile camp at, and it's, you would know about this. You know yeah. yourself. You like big waves, and oh, um, mate, I'm, I've never charged. No, yeah. it's, it's on my back end. It's incredibly yeah. technical and heavy. Like oh, you can big re- fat waves, really right handers, there. no worries. <laughs> 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 big fat right handers, no <laughs> yeah. problems. But that's a different league. That's up a there. different league. It is. Yeah. 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 So, so, so yeah. So that was the first time I actually went there to actually three mile awesome. camp, which yeah. was not called that then. But yeah. what about the first time you surfed it? Can you remember that? Uh, no, I can't really remember. Um, it was obviously one of the smaller days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it won't have been a year or so later. But we did go up quite a lot. Um, but uh, then I sort of started just going. And business was sort of like at a stage where I couldn't go everywhere I wanted to go because you sort of had times in between the major showings where you had a break where you could shoot off somewhere. Yep. So I was sort of into going to, um, you know, to Tavarua and, you know, eventually the Maldives, and you know, the waves got easier as I went yeah, along. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did you did you pack a couple of six six footers up at Three Mile though? In in those early uh, years, did you get a couple of good tubes up there? Look, I know that I know honest, the, the equipment would have been yeah, it would have been tough. Remember, I was still then about I would have been thirty five or something like that. I wasn't eighteen or nineteen or yeah, twenty. Yeah. You know, yeah. and surfing. 
you know, I, Were you on a 20 I, I or a singly right probably still? Pardon? Probably on a singly or a 20 or something still Oh, no, well. no, 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 no. Thrusted, I think early thrusters. thrusters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. still, I mean, they But I haven't chunky. got any epic memories of getting just like barreled off my nut up there, you know, yeah, right. right. You know, the best barrels I can sort of ever remember is restaurants, cloud break. Uh, yeah, sick. Maldives doesn't really give you a barrel. No. It does if you're really, really a good surfer, but to the average, you know. Yeah, yeah. Me. Yeah, it was. It wasn't really a place that you got barrels very easily at. You know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of barrels, I mean, we were talking about the northwest. I know in '78 you represented the. Uh, you went to Hawaii for because oh, you won the uh, you story. won the Aussie title, the senior men's Aussie titles at Margaret River in '78. And went to Hawaii. Yeah, the over over twenty eights. Tell us a little bit about <laughs> t- what a weird category. <laughs> over twenty. It doesn't sound then, like then, senior then men's. Over, it? And then it went over thirty fives. Because I then the over forty fives. Yeah. So over because I it guess was, back in the day, once you hit twenty eight, it's like that, you got to retire. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Tell us a bit so. about that actual uh, comp in Margs and. Uh, and really like to hear about your uh, your trip to Hawaii. Oh, that was that's a story. But uh, um, so just before we go into this story, you need a piss or anything, Baz? You want to have a quick break? Because no, 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 it no, sounds no, like a no. it's going to be a long story. No, I've got a you cork. Good? It's all right. You got- <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, no, I'm all right. Have a drink too before this story. Yeah, well, don't worry, I am. Okay, sure, drink it. Um, so, um, yeah, the Aussie titles were held here in '78. I hadn't made the team. I actually think I mentioned this number. I'm not sure. T-Bone wasn't here. But um, uh, but anyway, just really quickly, I was first reserve or something like that. And then two days before the comp, some New South Wales guy, all the, all the states came early, obviously, for it, and he broke his leg or twisted his knee and couldn't surf. So I, I got first alternate. So I was in the contest. And yeah, I, I just oh, don't, don't need to go into too much detail. It was, it was a lot of it was at Margaret's. Um, they had a few days, I think at I think they had a day at the farm. Believe it or not, wow. okay. they moved. The, that was fully mobile, and you could do that. Then. Yeah. they didn't have to. Didn't cost as much as no, today. To, to, to sort of hold it, you can hold it wherever you wanted it, and um, it was always in winter time. So um, when it was in Western Australia, so um, yeah. But anyway, look, you know, yeah, I was lucky enough to win it, and um, I didn't. I was a little bit sort of like I felt a bit guilty because there was a few surfers in it that were shitloads better than me. But on the day, it's a contest, That's and you right. get the right waves, and you won it. And and I don't think I was too popular with a couple of the New South Wales guys because everyone in those days in in these Australian titles, and I don't know if it happens now, but it's very patriotic. There's a lot of sort of sus judging goes on, people favouring <laughs> their own yeah. New South Wales guy or Queensland guy, yeah. um, you know. So um, that's what happens to me when I go and con. Yeah, 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 that's right. Sus judging. Say, yeah, say so lucky I'm not a judge because I know West Aussies will be getting over the line. For yeah, <laughs> that's right. Check Robert yeah. when I'm at th- four world championships yeah. by now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, I suppose. Yeah, look, I was stoked, you know, to win yeah. one, you know, to win an Australian title, you know. And, and that year was the only year they picked a senior men's to go in a state Australian team. And we were going to, we were going over to Puerto Rico or we were going to America, and that fell through because the amateur, they're amateur associations, it's like WASRA, you know. So in all these countries, they're, you know, they're not 
and especially in 1978, they're not run that well in those yeah. other countries. So a couple of those options fell through, but then Hawaii came up. So we had a contest against an Australian, uh, sorry, a Hawaiian amateur team, you might call it, right. same as us. Aussie versus Hawaii. Sorry? Aussie versus Hawaii. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, um, and I only had to surf against one guy. It was all a bit of a hoax, but we're there for three weeks. Mm. Uh, my wife, Judy, came um, and sort of we ended up, uh, yeah, we had a great time. And, uh, was that your first was time? It, that was the first time yeah, I yeah. went there. And it wasn't, it wasn't a really good season, you know. Um, pipe was sort of side shore, about eight feet. But I think mate, one of the things for me is sort of like, I didn't know which boards to take, you know. Do I buy boards there or I take boards from here? And I was sort of really lost, and so were a lot of the guys about what boards would be suitable for there at the time, you know, because it was around Christmas time, so it was the swell season, you yeah. know, but it just wasn't a really good season. And Tommy Carroll was in the juniors. He was in the team. There was a guy called Bruce Raymond who um, was not in the team, but he was sort of like quick, Quickie's rep there. So him and I sort of hung out a bit. I was doing quickie, of course. So, um, yeah, anyway, um, the surf wasn't that great, but um, I remember there was one situation whereby um, I'd surf pipe at about four to five feet. And, you know, Jake might call bullshit on this if he, if he hears this, <laughs> but I don't think he would. But I think it's quite a dangerous size to surf it at when it's yeah. small. Yeah. But I didn't know that. And I went out, nothing happened, mm. caught a few waves. But it was our four to five foot, which means it was their three foot yeah. or three four <laughs> yeah. foot, you know. Um, so I had a lot of an introduction to it. And then we went off to uh, Maui. We surfed Maui. So once we got through rid of this contest thing mm. that was pretty, you know, pretty amateurish and, you know. Where was the contest held? Uh, it was held at Haleiwa. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And um, I just had one guy to surf against and I was lucky. I won it. Smoked him? <laughs> yeah, just knocked him off. Um, <laughs> uh, no, not really. Uh, I don't even remember who the guy was. And um, so we were, um, where were we at? We were at Pipeline again. It was the end of the trip. So we'd gone to Maui, done a few other things, gone to Kauai, surfed Hanalea Bay, a few other places. I met a couple of guys there that I'd met in Tavarua, um, Hawaiian guy, a very well-known local Hawaiian, and he's going to be, it's one of those names that I can't really pronounce, Kanamoku Kuku or something like that. <laughs> not, <laughs> but, but, not Buttons? No, not Buttons, no, no, no. This, this guy I, I surfed with, when I went to, the very first time I went to Tavarua, just as a sideline, I was there with Sean Stussy, who does Stussy Surfwear. He was a cool cat. Like this guy, he surfed like okay, but you could tell he skated. He just had a really knack of knowing what sort of stuff the market was ready for. So he was in Tarua the first time we went with a couple That's of it. other guys. You know, Brown's still going, isn't it? Or yeah, still going. Yeah, yeah still going. Yeah, um, I think he's out of it. I think. But anyway, so it's the second to last day. So been to Maui, be sort of been to Hanalea Bay and Kauai. We. Surfed a little bit in the North Shore. Log cabins, I surfed a bit. And um, second to last day of the trip, and everyone's going home. And I get to pipe, and it's about, I think, a solid... Well, I, again, I'm gonna, I can only talk about my sizing, or what I know as size, which is pretty honest. You know, you live in WA, so you've got a pretty good idea what yeah. you think is 
right? Yeah. And I reckon it was six to eight feet, right? So it was big enough, right? Solid. It was solid, right? But I was sort of remember, I'm 28, you know, like I'm thinking, yeah, I, you know, I've surfed Margaret's in contests and, you know, some, some pretty large masters one time. And, you know, I wasn't particularly afraid, but at the time I'm looking at it, I was on my own. There was no one else saying, let's go, or no, we don't want to do this. It was t- entirely up to me. I've driven around there. I'm looking at it and I'm going, fuck, second to last day. We're going home. We're going home in two days' time. I'm doing it. So I buck up the courage. I walk back to my car. I'm taking the boards on the roof. They weren't in the back of the truck right now on the roof. I'm undoing the boards. And Rory Russell, who is, you know who I'm talking about, and yep. Al Chapman and those guys, that yeah. was the period. And um, Heroes of the era. And they, uh, Rory Russell comes out of, out of the water. And there's two guys sitting, two Hawaiian guys or, you know, local guys sitting in the car next to me where I'm undoing the hockey straps. Barry Young's hockey straps. straps. Bought your own ones with you. (laughs) Sold a whole box of them while you were there to pay for (laughs) rent. (laughs) (laughs) Say no more. And uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I've worked up the courage. I'm undoing the boards. And Rory Russell comes in and he goes to his mates in the car. He's dripping wet and he goes, fuck, man. That's the heaviest it's been all years out there, all year out there. And I went, click. Clicking back in. I'm thinking, this guy's Rory Russell, and he's yeah. telling me it's really heavy. It might have been the angle, yeah. because yeah. it does happen a lot with pipeline, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't ever win out in the second. So I can see the headlines, you know, Australian surfer dries, dies on last day in Hawaii, yeah. or something like that. Last you know? day of holiday. Yeah. Never but seen the, again. But the big, I think the, the big story from that trip was the, Scenario: What happened with that? You know the book with busting down the oh, door. Oh, just about. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is about because you mentioned it off air. Yeah, which is what uh, is when Rabbit and Kansi in particular, the bronze have a Gossies, sip there before you start. Yeah, this, we'll, uh, yeah. this next one. This oh. is T Bone. Let's go halves in that uh, pastry stout. What do you I reckon? I am looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm looking forward mm. to this one. So that's I, f- I felt Baz needed a sip break there. Yeah, have, an, have another sip, Baz. Yeah, go and have it. This is a two sip story. <laughs> easily a two-step story. Yeah. Just hope anyone out there hasn't fallen asleep yet. Oh, well, fuck them if they have, because we certainly haven't. So <laughs> I doubt anyone's going to be falling asleep to this, mate. It's, yeah, yeah. No chance. Engaging. It okay. is. It's awesome. So, so the scenario is we're sort of, you know, and it's typical of sort of the things that happened in those days with teams and that. They wouldn't always put you in the best place. So we weren't on the North Shore. We're actually in town in Honolulu. Right. I know why. And, you know, we had to go out to the North Shore every day to so go surfing. 45 like minutes ride or so? Eh? 45 minutes or so? Yep. yep. About that. Yep. And, um, More now with the traffic. Yeah, it was it? a guy yeah. called Bill Bowman who was the uh, running the, the Australian team at that stage. Yep. And uh, he used to run the Stubbies contest in, uh, in Queensland. So he's, you know, a big contest guy and everything. But I can't understand why we ended up, all of us, in Honolulu. And I remember that a couple of the guys, um, Tommy Carroll, he didn't stay with the team. He ended up going out and living with Bruce Raymond. A few of the guys just sort of split off, but the majority of the team was in was in town. And um, so we've arranged, they've arranged for Rabbit, who's like surf star at the time, you know, it'd be like getting sort of Jack to, you know, to come and, 
have a chat to everyone. Yeah. So Robert. Rabbit's going to come around and talk to everyone. Was he world champion by dinner. this stage? Sorry? Was he world champ by then? He was world champion uh, 78, wasn't he? Yes. And yep. this was, I think this was 78. Well, it was 78. Was did it? we go in 79? I can't remember. Because we won the title in 78, but I think we went to the next year. Or maybe it was Christmas. I know Peter Townend was 76. Maybe Rabbit was 77. I think it was Sean Thompson after that. And then Mark Richards' domination. So anyway, the deal is is that um, Rabbit's going to come and give us a a talk at dinner. So we're all excited about that. None of us knew Rabbit at that stage or anyone. So he never turns up. And we'd had all this shit going on in town. And you're like, fuck you'd this guy. About, he thinks he's about... too cool for us. Hey? <laughs> you're like, fuck this rabbit yeah, guy. He, he thinks he's too yeah, cool probably. to hang out with us. Exactly. Meanwhile, we're <laughs> we'll writing him off. You do it, Tino. Yeah. So, yes, on. Um, so, yeah, so we just had dinner and went back to our motel, hotel, whatever it was. And um, he never rolls up. But when we'd arrived in town, Bill Bowman, the guy that was the thing, he got, got us all together on the first night. He said, look, there's trouble on the horizon <laughs> with Australians in Hawaii at the moment. He said, yes. when you go surfing, don't talk to anyone. Because yeah. if you talk to anyone and they know, they can pick up your Australian accent. accent, you could be in the shit. Wow. Because it was that heavy. There, were, there oh. was all... Because what had happened in the press is that Kenzie and Rabbit had been sort of spouting off about we're tops now. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. And are really upset the Hawaiians because oh, they're shit, very yeah. proud yeah. and sort of was the birthplace of surfing, all that sort of stuff. And they didn't really like the bullshit. Well, it did seem that I even thought it was a bit of bullshit. I can't time. believe you were actually there for yeah, that era yeah. as an Aussie. Like, that's actually yeah, and it was pretty... I was 28. F- I wasn't 16. Yeah, that's pretty, f- pretty frightening because it's a, a very famous chapter in yeah, surf culture yeah. that everybody knows. Yeah. And fuck, you were there yeah. as an Aussie. That's... Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So man. anyway, we went surfing, but it was really... I actually thought like surfing was a job when I was there. I never that whole trip relaxed in the water. Really? And I spoke very little to anyone, which is very hard for me to do. <laughs> not talk to someone. <laughs> I feel you, Baz. I yeah, feel you. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> and uh, so he never rolled up. So Rabbit never rolled up. So as the story unfolded, we'd been told not to sort of, you know, they gave us a bit of an indication that there was trouble brewing and it was because of... And it was really Kansy that had been in Cairns that had really been sort of talking the talk a bit more than Rabbit. But they were sort of... Rab, Rabbit was like this pop star. He was so cool. He was rock star. He really was he? a rock star. He's cool now. Yeah, he's, he's cool still now. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he talked, T-Bone he's almost a, he's made... a good commentator. I like him as a T-Bone commentator. almost made sweet love to him behind the commentary <laughs> shed at the Margaret oh. River Pro this oh. year. I've never seen T-Bone go weak at the knees, oh. but he did when he was interviewing yeah. Rabbit. Talk about a man crush. And, yeah. yeah, and justifiable too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He still speaks <laughs> He speaks really well. T-Bone's gone red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sunburn. Um, Sunburnt so, from today. It's fucking middle of winter, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Windburn, oh, yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, so Rabbit never turns up. Turns out he's been punched to the shit house and ended fuck. up in bushes and fucking kicked bushes. And everything. Wow. And um, But Kenzie hasn't arrived yet. So it's two days before Kenzie arrives. Oh, right. So and he was a much Kenzie bigger unit too. He was the too. one that created all the shit. Yeah. It was Rabbit that really Copped got it. beaten oh. up. So and Kenzie was a much bigger dude. He, oh, yeah, he could yeah, have maybe yeah. fought well, back a bit. You know, well, not really, but... Yeah, so anyway, so when Kenzie rolls up, 
it's all just happened, you know, about them beating the shit out of, of Rabbit. But Kenzie um, would go surfing, but he'd take a baseball bat oh. to the beach oh. with his towel. And in his car, he had a gun. Oh, oh gun. It's heavy. Kenzie did. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And Snowy. so he was really scared, but nothing really happened to him. But they had, they had to have this sort of meeting between, I think it was either George Downing or someone that was well-respected as an elder in Hawaii. Apparently Clyde Aikau was there together. too, right? Sorry? I think I remember reading Clyde Aikau was yeah, a mediator. It could have been that. At some hotel. Yeah, it could have been, um, yes. Yes, the Turtle Yeah, Bay. the Turtle Beach. Turtle yeah. Bay. Yeah, Turtle yeah. Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they managed to sort of quieten it down, but Rabbit really just disappeared into the contest. Oh, shit, yeah. He just went missing in action because he did get beat up a bit. You know, yeah, he like, got yeah, fairly whacked. Yeah. Lost yeah. a few teeth and stuff. And Yeah, yeah, yeah I could I mean, been. I can't remember. Oh, it's, but, I mean, it's pretty well documented. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Well, the book is actually well worth reading. Yeah, like I've someone read it, hasn't yeah. read it. It's really, it's really oh, good it's story. Amazing. So did you try to perfect your American or South African <laughs> accent? It's like, yes, Brew, the waves are firing right now. <laughs> like, that's what I would have been doing. Well, the only, the, the, only, the only saving grace for you is that Americans get Australian and New Zealand accents mixed up. In right. fact, you're quite often, if you're anywhere traveling in America, even yeah. to this day, if yeah. they try and guess your accent, strangely enough, the first thing they'll say is, are you New Zealander? Really? And okay. I really, I don't think it's not that yes. many of them. They don't <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, you know, they, they actually asses. mix our ex- <laughs> accents up, which we think are really different. But so I, if anyone said anything, I think it was only once I said, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm from Auckland, New Zealand. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Nice work. Only once. <laughs> How long I did just you? said, where are you from? I didn't want to say Australia. You know? No, shit, no. But I didn't really have any other issues. You know? yeah. But it was a strange sort of trip and there was this undercurrent of fear oh, shit, that yeah. we were all feeling. Hang on, like... Australians aren't liked, and all of a sudden there's an Australian surf team that's landed in Hawaii yeah, to compete in an amateur. And they're like, thing. we need you to wear your tracksuit down the beach. You're like, fuck <laughs> oh, that. Oh, no. And no, did no, you do no. many trips back to Hawaii? Yeah, I've done about three. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, two of them were like passing through on the way to somewhere else where I'd stay a week. Yep. Um, generally with Jude because we were traveling somewhere. Yeah. Um, so I've used it as a stopover. I was there during a really big swell that I didn't even surf. It was, you know, like Waimea Bay, the crowd, the crowds, the cars all up the point. Sick. Uh, the waves were flowing across the uh, the road. The road, yeah. I mean, it's not my stuff, obviously. Can you give us a uh, insight to the best session you ever had in Hawaii? Oh, the best session I had. It was actually probably um, Hanalea Bay. Oh, yeah. Which is a beautiful right-hander. You know? Oh, now you're talking, Bess. Yeah. Do you know the wave? Or no. Honolua. Oh, I've heard of it. Oh, the fact's a good right Honolua? No, Hanalea Bay. Hanalea, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember something. Again, Jake, Jake could pick me up on this. I'm not sure if it's – it's not Maui, so – could be Kauai, I think. Oh, yeah. Ooh, There's a few sh- other waves there, but it's um, it's well known. It's, yeah. it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. a – it's sort of like North Point in a way, yep. but it's a longer way than North Point. Oh, fuck. Oh, that sounds amazing. And after those that initial trip that you went on when there was all that trouble with Rabbit and Cairns and, and that yeah. sort of thing, how was the atmosphere post that sort of period? Well, for a lot of years, it was really bad. The black shorts had really sort of developed into a sort of a fear sort of... Um, a feared gang. Yeah, feared gang. 
Mm. So I think for quite a few years after that, it was really tough, you know. Um, and, um, yeah. But I think it had all sort of died out by, say, the era of Fanning and, you know, some of those guys. Yeah. Well, I think most of those guys had a lot more respect for yeah. lines. I mean, yeah. they really are proud people and there are lovely people like, you know, like the people of Tahiti. If you meet, if you go in the water in Tahiti and surf, because I did surf trip there, but not to... Chips. Um, yeah, not no, chips. But uh, I did a wonderful place called Huahini. Okay. And I found out about it through the Rip Curl crew that Huahini, this place, has got a nice little resort and you paddle across the shipway and there's this beautiful land. Oh, it sounds ride. lovely, man. You know, it sounded lovely, so I yeah. went there. Well, the surf was okay. But again, everyone in the water, they're French, you know, speaking, and in those days, then a lot of them still couldn't speak a lot of English, but they were so friendly. So you find all these islander people. I don't care if it's Fiji, Tahiti, Hawaii. There's some sort of aura about island people that is really just so beautiful, you know. But you got to always show respect, don't you? You got to show respect wherever yeah. you are, you know. You know, and hopefully I did. But um, yeah, but Hawaii, I don't know how much longer that continued for. But it was a few years. There was a big hangover from it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know. What's the uh, biggest? Biggest waves you ever surfed in Hawaii? In Hawaii, not that big. Um, I think that the biggest I surfed was sunset on the very first surf. Oh, yeah. And in three hours, three hours, I got five waves. Oh, that's pretty good. That's more than I got this morning out at Yells. It wasn't giant, but it was... uh, it was yeah. eight feet, I suppose, eight to ten feet, maybe. Yeah, that's solid. Um, yeah. But and again, it's there was this sort of apprehension. You're in someone else's country, you don't want to do the right, wrong thing. I mean, even we knew that we had to be respectful before we went, and then, then all this shit went down with Kenzie and Rabbit in particular. What? Well, sorry, Kenzie caused the shit, you know, really. So, um, yeah, but I, 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 we didn't get really big surf on the trip that I was there, right. you know. And and I don't know, I don't think I would have gone out if it was really big. You know? Did you ever see the black shorts dishing out any no, justice? No, no, I never even saw. Come one. on, Baz, level no, with no, me. No, 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 no. <laughs> I tell you, what, the only thing that I saw which was a bit of a, I thought it was really bad, was I was surfing, I'm trying to think of this break. Uh, and I can't think of it. Doesn't the moment. Yeah. But I was surfing a break, and there was a Japanese girl in a car next to me, and her boyfriend had gone for a surf. And I went out at this place, and it is going to come to me the name of it, and it's quietly, it is known as a bit of a local spot. Yep. And I came in, this girl was hysterical. She was standing outside the car, but while she was in the car, and Japanese are very quite timid, you know, yeah, especially polite, the girls. Yeah. Like really, Unless they're know. flying kamikaze, yeah, 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 apart yeah. from that, they're yeah. very respectful and polite. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. And um, <laughs> I came in, more. and she was hysterically crying. Her boyfriend was still out in the water, but they, while she was sitting in the car, they just smashed the windows and pulled out all his camera gear that was in the back really? while she was sitting while she was in, in there. It. Not Velsyland? Eh? Not Velsyland? That's what it was. Ah, oh. Velsyland. You win a free there, cheeky monkey beer for that. The car park yeah. is quite. Um, so that's a super localized spot. Hidden. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was Velsyland. Yeah. Mm. So I was surfing Velsyland. Wow. That was sort of like where I saw some just like just arrogance of 
and didn't care that this girl was sitting in the car. They That's just brutal. smashed the window. Yeah, could have got like. Glass if your name doesn't right. finish with ho, don't even go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we might have to take a break because guess what I have to do? Yeah, good. Water the horse. All right, we're going to do that. We will press pause. And we're back after uh, a fantastic piece of editing from DJ Namu. He was twisting knobs <laughs> Live editing, like it's mate. the first pair of tits he's ever laid his hands on. <laughs> he was fucking tuning those nips up perfectly. But we are back from a quick yeah, break. Re- we really going to get more ladies listening to this podcast. <laughs> no, that's all right. No, well, that's, that's more than decent. Well, we only yeah. have our mums that listen. For you, to ads, it. that's really decent. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> mate. We just had an awesome, uh, very quick break. We went up to the third level of your house here we caught the last glimpse of sunset there was a four to six foot swell running we saw the last guy catch a wave we went up there had a beer and uh, soaked in the view that no doubt you've soaked in many times it never gets old fantastic mate uh we cracked another beer and we started talking surf stories and we're like hold it hold it we forgot about that one yeah forgot about that one (laughs) mate uh tell us about the time you went to taiwan on a surf trip all right um well, I went over there with a couple of mates that no one would know because they're an old friend that I grew up with in South Australia that's a good mate of mine, um, Dave McBride, and um, we've done many trips to the Maldives together and, yeah, we're just good buddies. We sort of grew up surfing from when we were 16 and here we are, the end of our surfing life almost, and he does pretty well because he does yoga. I don't oh. do yoga, but he does yoga and that's why he's still going better than me, I think. <laughs> so there was him and another mate. Um uh, anyway, we decided to do this trip to Taiwan because we'd heard that, you know, the waves are friendly and at the same time there's plenty of them and the setups are like old Hawaii with big sort of fern-covered headlands with waves pouring around them. Yeah, cool. So we headed there. We sort of drive, you fly into Hong Kong and then cross the strait. And that might not be something we can do in years to come with trying to get snows in the way. <laughs> get to Taiwan while you can. Is that yeah. what the moral well, of this basically, story? Yeah. Well, they run a few longboard contests in that there. Yeah. They did have a um, WQS there too. Still, for a, still do? Oh, yeah. Do, Chris, do. Chris Binz, you know Binzy? Yeah, yeah. yeah WA yeah. commentator. Yeah. He went and commentated a oh, few in Taiwan. I'm oh, pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Hanoi, um, Hanoian Pro or something? Yeah. They have, yeah. It, have it most years. Yeah. yeah. Cool. yeah. So, um, it, oh, look, I'd recommend it as a surf trip because it's just fun. Um, I know a few other crew from down here that have gone and uh, it's different. Yep. People are really friendly. Um, food's great. Um, you you need get- to translate it because on your Yahoo Translator or Google Translator because there was a few people in a lot of places that we couldn't get. Yep. through what we needed to know or whatever. Yep. But anyway, so we yeah, we had reasonably good surf, but probably the only really sort of high, not a highlight, but a little weird little sort of uh, thing was that when we went surfing, like surfing's really new in, in Taiwan, and they had this What year are we talking roughly? Oh, we're only talking like 10 years ago. Okay. It's not that long back, yep, yep, you know. Yep. And um, so we went. And, um, you know, we're all sort of older surfers that just want to find a new place to go that's a little bit different. And we ended up, um, wherever we went surfing, because it's surfing is so new there, these guys were all pretty friendly, um, Taiwanese people, and they'd go, how old are you? And I'd go, 65. And they go, no way! <laughs> and he'd turn to his friend and go, fuck, he's 75. 
My grandfather's 75. How can you surf at seven, six, <laughs> Sorry, 65. Yeah. How can you surf at 65? And I go, well, not that well, actually. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I, it was really – I'd recommend it as a destination if you want to just do a, a good fun trip, trip surf yeah. with great volcanoes, with beautiful greenery and beaches that are volcanic. Fuck, it sounds um, awesome. It really is a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think cool. it goes under the radar a bit for how yeah. reasonable the surf is. Yeah, cool. Just look at the seasons when it's best to go, but I'd yeah. recommend it greatly. But, yeah, cool. You know, yeah, yeah. well, what they didn't understand is that you've been cutting your teeth on, uh, <laughs> you know, places <laughs> like the Northwest Desert in 78. And, it's and like, Hawaii. Yeah, and Hawaii and <laughs> Bells and South Oz and Cactus. And oh. you're like, mate... I'm 66. This is a fucking walk in the park oh. to the rest of my surfing life. No, no, it was. It was. I don't think it was really. Nothing's a walk in the park when you get to 65. Why do you get to fucking? Except 76? for the actual walk in the park, yeah, and exactly. even that comes yeah. with a um with a with a walking stick. Yeah. No. So anyway, um, yeah. So that was just a little anecdote yeah, cool. of, uh, of Taiwan. And mate, you also mentioned off air um a oh, cool this, trip to Phillip Island. This is one of my best. Oh, I reckon. Fuck I love it. Bring it. Have a sip, Baz. <laughs> Get that double IPA in of your moments. We're trying to hang on. How you going with that, mate? Do you need another one? Yeah, he does. That one's getting. I can need another one. Yeah, he needs another one. I do. Is this a double? We don't have to carry me far from the games room to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just leave me asleep and go home. Uh, Is this a double sip story or a single? Uh, A single will do it. Okay. A single will do it. Roll on, roll on. So this is now year wise. I'm going to say. It was about it was before I came to WA, obviously. So I think it was about 1967. Came here in 72. So I reckon I was only about 18 at the time. And um, we heard about this pro contest that Phillip Island board riders, who I think are the longest running club in Australia. These guys are so organised. I reckon, you know, yelling up board riders do an unreal job. But these guys are sort of in the ballpark and they have their own club rooms and they've been going since 1963. I think this is the board riders that I mentioned the other night where I was, remember we were talking about them we're like, are oh, they somehow through some anomaly bought some land or something? That might Could be have them, been them. If you said they got their own club rooms. They got their own club Because not rooms. many board riders have their own no, no, club rooms. No, no, not many. No. Nah. And these yeah. guys are just really good at what they do as a club anyway. So, but going back to the very early days, they decided to, um, Run and they actually ran it as the first professional surfing contest, and it was. There was no one had offered money, and it was a huge amount. But it see, it's not. But yeah. it seemed huge at the time. It was a hundred bucks, Shit. first prize, winner take all. Yeah, right. So, and you know, as weird as that seems when you think about it, we had never seen money in a contest before. I love you know, the winner takes all. Winner takes fact. all. Like, it's like, mate, yeah, that's what if they you they, they first, ran it as that. Last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love so. It. Anyway, we heard about this and there was about five of us that thought we'd go and have a dig, you know, just to see how yeah. we went. And so we headed off on the night before the contest because uh, we'd entered, we'd actually seen a heat draw and none of us were in until at least lunchtime. So we figured, Were you living in South Oz at the time? Or? Yeah, we were in South Oz, living yeah, yeah. in yes, hometown. So we headed off and it's about an eight-hour drive over to Victoria. So... We get on the road and we're driving along and somewhere along the way, I think it's about 11 o'clock or no, maybe earlier than that, maybe about 10 o'clock, I decide to drive. I don't know whose car we were in. I don't even remember even all the guys that were in the car. <laughs> I don't remember them all, right? Uh, there is Actually, there is a bit of tragic... No, I won't go there. It's not really 
there's an end to this story, which when we came back, but anyway, I don't think I need to go there, maybe. Okay. Um, so we ended up uh, about 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, I'm driving, and everyone's asleep in the car, five of us in the car, all the boards on top, and I'm driving through Ararat, which is sort of, you're in Victoria, and um, I'm, it's about 12.30, and I see there's a petrol station still open. So we're on the way to this contest. I turn around and I go back to the service station, pull in and fill up with petrol. While I'm filling up with petrol, one of the other guys in the car, and again, I don't even remember who this was, goes, <laughs> Baz, I'll take over. I, you know, I feel pretty fresh. I don't really want to sleep anymore. And I'm going, well, I'm not that tired, but okay, if you want to do it, I'll go to sleep, you know. Yeah. So I just say, stay on Highway 1. Don't move, right? So he takes off. <laughs> Fucking six hours later... We're back in Mount Gambier in South Australia (laughs) because the car was pointed that way. We never got to the contest. We drove all through the night and ended up back down the coast with all the other guys. And they're all going, well, I wonder how the boys are going in the contest. And we were back in in surfing at Victor Harbour about... (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Fucking hell. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Mate, uh, I'm intrigued. You don't have to go there if you you don't want to, but... um Mate, what was the tragic ending? Was it a car crash or was it, it something like that? What, what happened was, was we, on surfed, s- well, we surfed all day at this um, place called Day Street, which is just a shitty beach break because Adelaide's full of them. Yeah. You know, it's pretty average surf generally. And, you know, if anyone's going to listen from South Australia, I don't think they'd actually deny yeah. it. Blow it out no, if you want. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately, where I grew up. But um, So we surfed for the day. Um, After driving in circles all night. Yeah, after driving in circles all night. <laughs> well, no, just the just the other way. Heats. Just the one did make our heats. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we ended up back at this place called Day Street, which is sort of like a little surf place. And it gets about. We didn't get there till about eleven o'clock after driving through the night. <laughs> and uh, and the other guys, you know, all the crew we knew were surfing. It's quite a close knit community in South Australia in those years. And we ended up. Um, leaving at about five o'clock and there was a few crew that we were sort of friends with but not great mates with and there's about five of them headed off in a car and it was a guy called johnny reardon and a few other people and um anyway the uh there was a level there was a level crossing where you know there was lights that went off oh train uh, crossing train crossing yeah and basically these five guys just got Hit by a train. Yeah. Wow. So we drove along about 20 minutes later. So we were leaving the beach. Yeah. And we were driving along. And I actually saw that the train had stopped down the track and people were running back from the train. Right. Um, but, yeah, they, well, they all got killed. And wow. Pretty that's, pretty messy too. That's apparently. gnarly. Yeah. Wow. So Five, then we just two. drove home just silent. We, yeah. It was just such a shock. They yep. weren't really close mates of, but my, still, of our group. As you said, it was a close-knit community, yeah, they were the five, surfing yeah, community. Yeah, five surfers, and they, it was big headlines in the paper. But yeah, five surfers yeah. at a time where yeah. there wasn't a lot of surfers in yeah. the area. No, not yeah. really. No, no, yeah. South Australia's pretty oh, man, quiet that's surfing rough. community. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, that was a really sad way to end the, the weekend. Well, on a brighter note, tell us about the time you got bashed up in Tasmania. <laughs> Oh shit! I've forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. It's the only time I've really been bashed up, like to a stage really? where I've been fucking going, fuck, what happened, you know? Okay. So we're then? over in Tasmania doing a surf fucking trip. Bastards, Tasmania. It's Tasmania. Oh, mate, full of convicts, oh, mate. mate. Come on. Remember, again, it's a sign of the times, but 
it was that era. I was still living in South Australia, so it was pre-72. I'm going to say it was around about 1970, 1969, something. No, probably 1970, 71. And we decided to do the surf trip to Tasmania. So we get there and we had okay waves around a place called Roaring Beach, which is uh, near where the Port Arthur oh, yeah. uh, massacre took place. Yeah. Very close to that, actually. Yeah, right. But it was a really good beach break. We surfed a few other waves. We were there for about nine days. But we ended up one afternoon in, I'm not sure whether it was Hobart or Launceston. I can't remember which one of them because they're the two main towns. Two big ones. But let's just pick one and say Hobart. So okay. we're in Hobart and um, we're at this pub and it was actually like Cave's House, this art deco, yeah. great looking pub, you know. So we spent the whole afternoon there into the evening, you know, yeah, and got a little bit pissy. But we'd met this group of Sydney surfers on the ferry going across to Tasmania and we sort of just hooked up with them, you know. These guys looked the part, you know. They had their striped golden breed T-shirts at the time. <laughs> they just looked like surfers, yeah. whereas us crew from South Australia looked like a motley bunch, you know. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't really even <laughs> tell we were surfers, I think. But they had all the gear on, you know. They just yeah. looked like surfers. Yeah. So we're in the pub and there was a few local girls. Oh, yeah. And the Sydney siders, the girls were really attracted to of them. Of course, they, they had even, the Bondi. They were leaving the South Australians in the background yeah. there. They were the, the, Bondi blondes oh, with the Bondi they smiles. They had the mate. right long yeah, hair. Yeah. And yeah. They, they couldn't surf that well, but they looked <laughs> no, the no, part. No, they know? never could. So that was the yeah. main thing, you know. Yeah, that's the main so thing. Funny if we could have told the girls that we surf much better. Yeah, if only they could have. Maybe that wouldn't have worked anyway. Instagram to show them yeah, the yeah, photos yeah, yeah, of that you getting barreled. You know? So... Anyway, so the evening goes on. There's a few of these girls there. It didn't go anywhere, but the girls were sort of hanging around the guys and the local guys were really pissed off. Oh, yeah. Again, it was that sort of thing where surfing was even was new to Tasmania. Mm. There was these guys from, you know, Farms. the mainland yeah. that sort of like were sort of pretty cocky and, you know, these guys. You know. So we left the pub with none of these girls. Yeah. But some of these guys had gone away and collected their mates and we walked outside. There was about eight or nine of us. We walked out to about 15 guys, Ooh. cricket bats, oh. baseball bats, Jeez. and they beat the shit out of us. Really? Three of us ended up in hospital. I didn't. Oh, wow. I was lucky. I and sort of Were the Sydney siders with you still? At yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. There was them and that should have really been yeah. taking the flak because we'd done nothing. And no one actually touched the girls? No, 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 yeah. no, no. Oh, okay. Maybe Fuck. a bit of flirting went on and laughing yeah. and joking, but oh, really? we all left on our own. And maybe the girls had left even, I Earlier. don't remember, half an hour yeah. before us. Wow. But all the sort of guys that knew them well were not happy about wow. these surfers. They've been like, we've been trying to touch these chicks that- for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And these boys, right. like, because yeah. like back then, it wasn't. buy a striped golden breed t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but they would have been their sisters, right? Yeah, well, that as well. Yeah. Sorry, Taz. Sorry, Taz. I'm joking. I'm joking. It would have been your mum. But I mean, back then, it wasn't like one night stands where, you know, it wasn't a common thing. So just talking to their chicks was was as good as sleeping with them, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I ended up with a lot of scratches. I ended up in rose bushes. (laughs) <laughs> and just they were trying oh, to reach the rose bushes. Did you, and I'm sort of going, sorry, like, Baz, curling up into a ball. Did you get thrown in the rose bushes or did you dive in there yourself? <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I got basically pushed in the fighting into the rose bushes. Oh, yeah. And I never considered myself as a fighter. I don't no. you know. I did, might, have, I might have, in a rage of jealousy when someone approached my wife but before she was my wife at a party in South Australia. Pushed him in a rose bush? Young, 
<laughs> shorter guy yeah. up against the wall. Okay. And that would be about the extent That's of it. my rage. Yeah. You know, it's not going to happen very Did often. you throw any punches that night or were you just cowering? Like, oh, what? that night? No, no. It, it happened so quickly. They yep. were so they had organised themselves. Yeah, the and all fired up. was like, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Yeah. But two... Two of the New South Wales guys ended up in hospital. Wow. And one of our guys ended up in hospital. But it was sort of stuff like, you know, cuts to the head. Um, yeah, but I mean, cricket show. bats and baseball bats, you can oh, die yeah, from yeah, that. I mean, you get smacked that. in the head yeah, with one yeah, of them. That's yeah. a, you know, that's a yeah. brain bleed. So, and you Yeah, know. so it was a case of uh, we sort of felt lucky we got away from there with no one getting seriously hurt. And it didn't interfere with the trip. No, you got good ways. Like, it was only about they were only in the hospital for like, a day and a half or something yeah. like that. And then you went on and surfed. Off, on and surfed. off to the next pub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe we didn't do any more after that. I don't know. Well, mate, these have been some fantastic stories, Baz. We've been going for a while, but it's yes. probably time we... Uh, we'll start to wrap it up. Well, wrap it up with a couple of our standard questions that we'd like to ask oh, our I don't guests. I I'm prepared for this. Oh, actually. fucking oath you are, mate. Jeez. Okay, um, give us, uh, mate, your worst wipeout ever. Everyone's got okay, at least well, a couple. Okay, there's actually, um, it all depends whether you actually call it a wipeout or a near drowning. Uh-huh. Yeah, I because think they're they not actually, this one's yeah. not connected to the wipeout itself. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, it was in the Maldives, and it was just one of those classic cases of your leg rope getting caught on the reef. Ooh. And you not... Yeah, handling it as best as you could. And yep. it's happened to me twice. Has it? And both times, I haven't been that calm under that sort of panicky situation. Yep, yep. So the one in the Maldives um, was uh, at a place called Jails, which is yep. a right-hander. You got locked in. And, oh, yeah. yeah, the Jails is, yeah, on the, yeah, it's right, it's on the right of that, yeah. Yep. No, it's the far, the far one, actually, okay. the, the very far right-hander there in that photo. Um, and it's a nice right-hander and everything. And basically, I just um, I just caught my leggy, and uh, yeah, I was I was in the shit. And yep. luckily, just the move of the white water, and this has happened both cases, um, freed the leg rope because yeah, I right. couldn't get to my leg. And mm-hmm. I think there was some, I think I think Damon was talking about this how you're so disconnected from getting to your leg rope on your feet because you're basically in a sort of a current of the waves and you're pulling away from your leg rope where it's caught and you can't reach down and yeah, grab it. you can't it. bend down. No, nah, yeah. nah. And, you know, there's been a number of people, even in the Maldives, there's been two in the Maldives who drowned through Two in the Maldives, yeah. Well, I mean, so only last that, year, that a guy in Margaret scary. River, Frank yeah. Hader, died, died oh, the same oh, way. Yeah, Frank Hader, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. well, I used to spend a lot of time with Frank Hader in those pipeline days down mm. at the... The farmhouse in Injuna. Oh, right. Yeah, he used to come down on weekends, him and his there wife. He was married to his time. Okay, so that was uh, one that of the scariest the moments yeah. of all time in the water, yeah. eh? The yeah. leggy snag. Yeah, well, that's yeah. right. And then there was another one that was exactly similar, um, and it happened at Car Park. Did it? Which is really surprising. Mm. And it was on the inside of Car Park, obviously before it gets to the really deep bit before the shore. But yeah, no, there's a couple of port. shallow bits there. That's not that yeah. surprising to no. me. Yeah. And, um, and that one was sort of seemed everything seemed in slow motion because I my head was almost at the at the top of the surface but I was there was just this layer of white water of whiteness that I could see and I've obviously tried to go down and again and get my leggy but then when you can't get to it you start you automatically start yeah. 
pushing your hands down and trying to reach the surface. Mm. And again, a similar situation, the leggy freed itself and I was fine. That's lucky. But they're the two scariest as far as wipeout. Oh, sorry, as just yeah. surfing. Oh, I'd still classify that as a wipeout, yeah, really. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but I'm not going to give yep. you any story like Damon does. No. Um, <laughs> mate, I think it's interesting that oh, I had a really bad leggy snag recently and just quickly... Um, yeah, Shark Eyes uh, wetsuits do a deep water rescue and safety course involving jet skis and all sorts of uh, safety elements in surfing. And one yeah. of their big things is um, teaching you how to increase your chances of getting out of a leggy snag. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they do a simulation. Put your um, leggy outside your wetsuit. Yeah, inside. always put your leggy oh, outside your wetsuit. I always do that wetsuit. anyway. Yep. Yeah. Um, make sure you've got a ring pull one on it. Yes. And then if you've got a wetsuit on, they um, they advise like grabbing onto your wetsuit yeah. and pulling yourself down as opposed to just trying to bend. Ah. And then once you get halfway down, you lock your other arm under yeah. your, the crook of your knee and then you lock that in to bend you over oh. and then you can reach down and, and they do a That's simulation with a big rope um, with 20 people pulling it up the beach and you're in the water and, you, and they simulate it down in just in the beach in Dunsbury. I've done wow. it a couple of times. Yeah, it's cool. And um, it, it's something I did not long ago and thought, yeah. everyone, I, I wish I'd yeah. learnt this shit it's, 25 it's years ago. how easily you know? it can happen. It yeah. can happen real easy. Yeah, yeah. So. The other thing that I did was when I, the one, after the one in the Maldives and because I was going back there, for many, many years and many trips, I was worried about that that could happen again because the amount of time that I spend there yep. or have spent there is I got creatures to make me a short leg rope oh, yeah. but with a wider leg ro- um, band yeah. that could go under my knee. Oh, yeah. So it was almost like what you would use if you were riding longboard. a longboard. Yeah. But it was a short leggy. Yeah. And it, but it was a little bit longer than a short leggy. Yeah, yeah. To allow not, for the... But not yeah. a now leggy. It's a good idea. So I could reach down yeah. and grab that. But it's the same old thing. It's like when you get a, a rhubarb on you. You're never going to hit a rhubarb once you get a rhubarb. Yeah, that's you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when you haven't got a rhubarb. Yeah, except so, for if it fucking eats. But yeah. I, mean, I so, appreciate what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, the analogy yeah. is uh, Yeah, is so sweet. I never had reason to use it. And after yeah. a few more years, I... Stop it. wearing it, but I, yeah. I just thought that's a good idea, though. I mean, because you, you can get you can to your reach, knee a lot fucking easier, easy, man. Easy, just under yeah. your knee, yeah. and huge if you make difference. The leg, just a fraction longer. Yeah, it, I didn't. I never found it like a it hindrance. It hindered me in yeah. riding the shortboard. You know. Okay, mate. One of our other favorite questions is worst surf trip ever. Oh God, have a sip. I feel like this one always needs a sip. Mm. Now, <laughs> um, worst surf trip ever. Um, well, I think only because maybe the, the 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 numbers of how many times I've been there, but I've had a couple of bad ones to Maldives. Really? Oh yeah, you know, just storms and raining and wind, and one of them my wife Judy was on, and you don't want to be with your wife on those trips. <laughs> You're already pissed off that you're not going surfing. <laughs> and the last thing you want to do is worry about if your wife's enjoying herself. Oh. And if it's raining and pouring and you're on a resort but you can't really do anything. Yeah. It was a, but she was a soldier. She was pretty good in all those situations. But I was more worried, you know. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think that I can pick out – I'm trying to think of any other place that I've been to. I mean, if I had to sort of give you a rough guesstimation of good trips, bad trips, average – 
I think over the course of time, there's been, I reckon, quite high that 60% have been really good. Yeah, that's and good. And 20% have been okay. Okay, yeah. But, you know, it could have been better. And I reckon there's been 10% that have been no, not one. that good and 10% that have been fucking terrible. Well, that's it's better odds. Possible. That's not better good. odds than the WSL have had lately. So. I know. <laughs> no, God. Yeah, no, they're not. Uh, I mean, you know, Jeffries has been the highlight, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, Mars is all right. Yeah, mate, everyone's, everyone's brushed over it this year. Oh, they've had fucking shit waves. And I'm like, yeah. Except for eight foot fucking Margie three days in a row, but everyone yeah. just forgets about that. It was that weekend? Yeah, because it's always like yeah. that. It's That's always right. like that. No, yeah. no, they did do well. Okay, well, flip side, best surf trip ever. Uh, best surf trip ever. I. It was actually a, a couple of trips that were in close um, proximity proximity to the other. They were going to close. If anyone. It's been there, they understand it. But in the Maldives, there's in the northern adults where we go, there's Pasta Point, really good quality left. Um, then there's across the channel, there's a very good, very good right hander called Sultans. And on the other side of that island, there's a wave called um, Honky. And then across the channel again is another island with a really good right. So you can basically go out in the, in the, you know, in the dinghy and the dhoni and just pick where you want to go. You can draw up and look at the waves and go, no, nah, no, nah, take me back to Sultan. They'll do that for you. It's like an Uber service there. It's Sick. great. It's really good. It's really well organised. So, um, but there was rumours and quite, well, not more than strong rumours. It was going to happen. Some American guy had been made, I don't know, Minister of Tourism in the Maldives. And as a little side to that job, he decided that he could get the lease on Sultans, which had no buildings on it, but it's a really good quality right-hander. Build a resort, do the same as past to make it exclusive. Yeah. So you'd go to Sultans, you'd stay in a nice accommodation, you could surf these beautiful right-handers. And that means around. if you're paying top dollar at Pasta, you can no longer surf Sultans. Yes. Is that right? So my, my big fear was that once they, if you understand the waves over there, um, you've got Pasta, which I surf most of the time, you know. Yeah. Because you know, you're a I, filthy, goofy footer. In the end, where I didn't really like surf. I used to like backhand, but in the end, I wanted to go left or as much as I could. Yeah. Give me some chance of yeah, yeah. doing okay. Yeah. And um, so there was rumours that, it, well, he, it wasn't a rumour. He was definitely going to build a resort on Sultans, which would have cancelled out the Sultans wave and the Honkies wave. And the Honkies, yeah. And then the only other wave was Jails, which only works when the swell's a bit bigger. Yeah. So the problem being that I could just see this was all going to go to the shit as far as being someone who loves going to the Maldives and surfing past it because it means if you allow 30 guys and the swell's small, they can't go to Sultans, they can't go to uh, Honkies, yeah. and, and Jails is too small. Yeah. So you want 30 surfers on a break, it's not going to happen, you know. Yeah. So I talked to them about knocking the numbers back, but they didn't seem real keen on bringing them back. Yeah. And I think at that stage there was 27, so I was saying look, you're going to have to bring the numbers back. If this happens, yeah. you're not going to attract people at these sort of prices. It's, yeah. it's yeah. getting more expensive yeah. um, unless you drop the numbers back. How long no ago was this, Buzz? Oh, this was about, um, I'm going to just guess and say about 12 years ago, something like that. So anyway, so I decided 
this was the last year. So I went four times in the last year. I spent three months there in the Maldives. Um, and three of the trips were really good. And one trip, which was the November trip, which is the end of the season, oh, yeah. was no good. Oh. So three trips, I worked out that in those three trips, I honestly think that I actually surfed more waves than anyone else in Western Australia. <laughs> because the way I looked at a trip there at about I 62 used to go, years well, of I used age to go, um, I used to go uh, 16 days 14 anywhere between 14 and 16 days not 10 days 14 to 16 minutes and I had different friends come along with me on different trips but the way I worked it out that if I and I was being conservative if I go out for a surf and I get 10 waves I'm I've done okay you know yep. what I mean? Yeah. So some days you were surfing twice a day. Sometimes you were surfing three times a day. Some days you were surfing once a day. But the average wave count on those trips was about 300 waves a trip. Ooh, big and numbers. It would take me a year back here to get 300 oh, waves. Oh, fuck yeah. You know, 300 waves, so, wow. Yeah, and know. especially if you worked out a metre rate as well. Oh, yeah, metre rate, yeah. You know, 300 yes. times yeah. 150. With your Rip so Curl, Rip Curl GPS watch, Baz. Yeah, exactly. That? With your Rip Curl GPS watch. <laughs> yeah, I've into that, but I, there's guys that are. Um, so I reckon on those three trips that were good, I probably caught close to 1,000 waves. If it, it was a, maybe a little bit under that. Unreal. Because um, yeah. it varied, you know. Some trips you surfed a lot of three... Like if you got up in the morning at first light and the current wasn't in, because the current's a problem there, you'd, oh, yeah. you'd surf first light. Yeah, so right. you'd get out in the water at 6 o'clock, you'd come in for breakfast at 8, you'd go out after thing, then the current would come in later in the day, but you could get a late evening surf. So some, oh, yeah. some days you'd surf three times. Sick. And you wouldn't always get 10 waves in a surf, but I still worked out that mm. I, I was pretty on the mark that I reckon I caught about 1,000 waves in, in three months. Oh. In, in the year. Yeah. And that's without having a little surf in between here. You know, yeah, sneaking a few little... Wouldn't do as good yeah, so, yeah. so I don't know there was a lot of guys that were getting more than a 1,000 No, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it cost me a bit of, bit of dough to do it. But, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's but right, I don't mate. mind. You can't yeah. take it with that's you. That's what it's for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, good on you. Have, have you ever surfed any of the wave pools, Baz? No. No. Um, I would like to because... Yeah. And I think where I am is a surfer, um, you can actually organise the waves to be... I don't think I'd go... I wouldn't be the beginner, but I'd be probably in the mal. I wouldn't be doing the sort of top of the line. Because a lot of guys get hurt at wave pools. Yeah. They, you wouldn't be going... It's concrete and they... Yeah. Hurt. You wouldn't be going beast mode. I think no, that's what no, they call no, it. No, no, My Not first hour that I did when I was there was in the intermediate one, just oh, to check it out. Like? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And then I did... After that, I did the advanced session, so... And what did that feel like in comparison? Was it a lot more advanced or not? Yeah, the takeoff was really, really steep. Yeah. And then they... Um, did you have one in Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. What time of the year did you do it? Uh, October. So oh, it wasn't, right. it wasn't, it wasn't too, too cold. cold. It wasn't too cold. Because it gets bloody cold. It Freezing. gets bloody cold at that yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. So halfway through the advanced session, they, they put it onto the barrel section. And I was thinking, fuck, the takeoff's are pretty steep because as listeners may know, I'm really shit at popping up we talked about this in the last episode <laughs> and I, I was sort of having wiping out on takeoff like once every four or five waves yeah and i'm thinking when it goes to barrels i'm in trouble here yeah. 
Yeah. I said to the guy, guy next to me, what's this like? What's this going to be like when the barrels start? He said, oh, it's actually easier. It's a rolling. Yeah. So it was actually okay. Yeah. I was still didn't get barreled. Ah. But anyway, so that yeah. was some of your best surf trip question. Mate, yeah. uh, what about the most glorious question that any <laughs> surfer can be asked? Best, oh. best tube best ever. Best tube. Well, I this mean, is I know gonna, it's This is, is going to come a bit out of the blue because... Okay. Um, yeah, and some of the places I've surfed, they've been really good quality waves. And, you know, I have got barrels along the journey of my life. But strange as enough, I think the best barrel I ever got was at um, Jake's on the way up to really? Nalu. Oh, I was out there on a... Not that sur- surprising. It's pretty heaving Well, it is. And, it was, it went, and again, yeah. it's going back a while and the crowds weren't that bad. And I was yeah. out there with a couple of locals and I just pulled into something that... I was just so lucky how good this barrel was. And it was the same old scenario. The ones you don't think you're going to make yeah. are the best barrels oh, you get. Course. I think Damon said that the yeah, other, yeah, the other yeah. when I listened to him. Yeah. So, so I reckon it would almost be this wave at Jake's. Really? And, um, Circa, roughly? Uh, within oh, a few geez. years. Within three to four All right, years. I reckon it was sort of like... Mid eighties. Oh yeah. Like okay. That, yeah, that's know? good enough. That's good enough. Yeah, somewhere around there. So I was yeah. a lot younger and Yeah, yeah. But I would have been This Jake's of, is a fucking heavy yeah. wave. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oversized, but and the locals were good then, you know, they were they hadn't been sort of inundated with a lot of surfers. Yeah. So a lot of those things worked in your favour being an, a surfer early in life because yep. I didn't undergo a lot of the problems that we're all undergoing now with trying to get a quiet surfer. Teddies or yeah, yeah. wherever it might be, a car park or whatever, you know. It's yeah, very yeah. hard, very hard. Yeah. And, and it does and, – and I, unfortunately, I think there's a time in your life that, that you go through a life where you're a real presence in the lineup and you you demand the wave you're paddling for. Yep. And then there comes a time – I've noticed this. I've really played attention to this. Yeah. As you get older, there's a time where uh, you might pull back on a wave you don't catch a wave and people go, I'm not going to give Baz the next one. Yeah, and and they might not know it's Baz. It's some, yeah, I'm someone. stranger in the lineup sometimes yeah. now. And some girls yeah. calling me off a wave. So yeah. or that's, like, a bit, that's a bit sad, but yeah. it is just a place you Natural progression, in yeah. Your life. But and if then, you'd ask me at yep. 35, would I still be surfing at 75 yeah. or 76 and still following contests and loving yeah. the whole culture? I would have said you're crazy. No chance. I would have moved on. Yeah. Because, you know, at that stage, you know, it or was, even early in that, growing up in Adelaide, yeah. no one I know in Adelaide that I grew up with has surfed for 25, 30 years. Yeah, right. But you move to a place like WA, the waves are great, a lot of lefts. Yeah. We haven't got dangerous <laughs> reefs. We've got soft reefs to climb over. Sort of. Yeah, well, sort of. You know what I mean? They're yeah. not really heavy coral. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, in most places. I feel like Lennox Head and that is really conducive to surfing into older ages. They got some, you know, those peeling points, and the beaches are softer. And yeah, I noticed that when I was over there. Yeah, um, Yeah. sorry, T Bone, you got. I want to know the secret, Baz, because I want to be surfing when I'm seventy six. What is it? You're eating salmon. You're lubricating your your bones with red wine. What is it? (laughs) Both of those things. I really think that, to be honest, I know that this sounds. Really weird when I say it, but I'm still a grommet. Uh, my head is 30 years behind my body. That's awesome. You know, I love, I just love the contests. I love talking about, 
and I love my friends that are younger than me and it's not a matter of um, trying to be a wannabe. It's not that. I really love it. Yes. And I think Fucking that's... Fucking great answer, Baz. I think answer. that's really the... Steve Irwin. I'm giving my Steve Irwin a Baz for sure. Because I think things can get in way of your life. But I mean, I am fortunate that I was able to have a career where I was able to re- retire a bit earlier and even and then discover for me the Maldives extended my surfing life because I was going to a palm treed island, surfing waves fairly uncrowded for a lot of years. And even now, really, it's still an exclusive wave. So you're not surfing with a lot of people. Yeah, you know, I think probably the thing the air's that, warm, the water's well, warm. Well, the thing that's hard the, for me the now, arthritis is a yeah, bit of, yeah. reacts I mean, a bit thing, better. Yeah, the hard thing for me now is there's a number of options that get come into play as far as whether I go for a surf or not. First of all, enjoyment. My enjoyment is not as good as it used to be because I go out and there'd be a lot of people would know that I do not always get a lot of waves or any waves sometimes. So from that point of view, I think that that's, I look at it and I go, am I going to have fun today? So if it's right. Yeah, so you were, you were talking about, before, yeah. For a equipment for, malfunction. Yeah, we almost lost the whole mic. equipment the malfunction. Safety yeah. advice no, missed yeah. that one. Yeah. Sorry. T-Bone's nipple almost came out of his jumper. We had yeah. To, yeah. There. Now, you're just talking about the enjoyment. Oh, yeah, and so then obviously, about you know, how people the, the, the don't. things that come into play as you get older, which is uh, you can't ignore them. Yeah. And they are, I look at the surf and first of all, I go, well, I'm not doing as well anymore. And so it's raining. Yeah. So, do I want to go out? <laughs> Putting it in a cold wetsuit? Probably not. Yeah. It's too big. Yeah. At some places. It's too so windy. Can I, will I get out? Yeah. I mean, I'm being quite humble here because yeah. this is what it's like, you yeah. know, as you age. And then I look at car park and I go, fuck, look at all that weed on the left hand side. <laughs> I've had enough experiences of that when I was doing okay. Yeah. And then I look at, um, Things like current or not so much current crowds, and I, I, you know, I might have had a presence in the water a few years ago. Not so much now. You know what I mean? Like I a lot of people don't know me in the water, so they come into play when you're trying to decide how much longer you can go for. You know, like I'm doing a, I'm doing a, a press up regime at the moment, and before I went away with Ben Liston, and before I went away, I was doing. Uh, Six weeks before I went to the Maldives in March, I was doing a. What are you doing? You're moving this around. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know where we got to, but so basically I was talking about the, the presence. Training. Or training, uh, training, trying to get back because I am under some illusion that I would love to surf for another four years and make 80. You know, there's something there that goes. That would be great, you know, to well, be Kelly still Slater's going out probably the water. Be in the tour at that point. So Sorry, Kelly Slater's probably going to be on the tour when he's eighty. <laughs> he probably will. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's the difference of their abilities compared with obviously mine. But um, so um, I, I struggle a little bit with enthusiasm because of crowds, uh, enjoyment factor, wave size, uh, rain. <laughs> Like I don't. To be honest, I don't surf much over winter. But 
Um, the summer, I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm doing uh, 50 push-ups a day, five lots of 10. Nice. I'm going to build that up wow. to five lots of 20 because I did that once before when I had my shoulder replacements. Solid. And I'm sure that, you know, and I've talked to Bob Monkman about this and other people, but I really think the problem is, is that if you lose that sort of power um, or your spring, that affects your pop-up. But nearly oh, every yeah. guy that stopped down at yelling up, older boys it's the pop-up it's a pop-up man fucking mm. doesn't mean you know but and I, the size I get of the really wave and the wind you know you like know one thing i want to mention here my yeah. wife and i know i bring her up a little bit in conversation but no, it's nice i still hear. come back from a surf and i've been surfing for nearly 60 years in fact it is 60 years when and she still says to me how'd you go Really, <laughs> and I reckon most I wives about say, wouldn't like, ask you that question anymore. You know, my wife like, says, "How'd you go? Why'd you take so you, long?" Yeah, yeah. So I, I I'm thought really you were about lucky. to say she still licks the salt off your nipples. Ah, oh, yes. Well, <laughs> she's already come into the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we did. We got like a little horse saucy, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, she's really good, and I'm so lucky. So um, yeah, I've got a great Wicked. family, that's mate. Couple more quick ones. Uh, your favourite surfer of all time? Ah, well, it's actually because it's a long era. I suppose I think there's been two. Um, I think Nat Young in the early days, oh, I, yeah. his grace and it just he was just so. And Wayne Lynch, who I worked with, I shaped boards with Wayne Lynch Did in you? South Australia. Yeah, wow. He was doing the evolution model, and I was never a great shaper, so I was doing. This is back in Adelaide when I left WA the first time and went back to South Australia. I started shaping, but I was never going to be a great shaper. I just didn't have that. I'm not, you know, not like some of the guys around the place, yep. like Al and that. And um, so I um, I ended up um, working with Wayne, and but I was doing his models. So I was basically a pop-out uh, yep. shaper, yep. whereas there was another guy, Wayne Dale, who's pretty well-known in South Australia, but he was a really good shaper. But I, I did it for about four years, five years. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but I worked with Wayne, yeah. Yeah, that's he cool. Was a, and surfed with him a little bit, not much. but And he was young and he was, I mean, I, n- not many people probably listen to this know about him, but he, he really was just an, a brilliant talent at so young. Yeah, you know. and he's become an enigma. Really. You'd be surprised, I reckon. I, lo- I think a lot of people know Wayne Lynch. I think Lynch. a lot of people do, yeah. Yes, yeah. Sure. And I think most of our listeners, are, in all honesty, is like to think we're reaching out to the young 20-year-olds. Yeah. I don't think we are. No. I think maybe. most of them are more yeah. our age. Yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. You know, who knows? But, who uh, knows, yeah. Mate, yes. but if you don't know Wayne Lynch and you're an Australian surfer, yeah. fucking go home, do some homework and pull yeah. your head out of your ass because yeah. you need to know who Wayne yeah. Lynch Slap is. yourself around the head. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Mates... What about uh, favorite surf movie of all time? Uh, black and white. Ooh, without 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 How even is the a hesitation. Quick response. Jeez. Yeah, no, no. I reckon that stood I out. I, I mean, you've got to take every movie in its era, but for something that really stood out to me, black and white was was unreal. Do you and, like, and it had a quite a bit of Tarvaru in it too. Yeah, nice. Do you like cereal, Baz? Just going back to black and white. Do you remember I, when Kelly Slater was getting shit about eating cereal? Do you remember that in the movie? No. Yeah. He's like, why do you eat it? He's what like, I like it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, the day yeah, that he won that um, comp at Trestles. Mate, the uh, reason I asked you that. I'm going to miss him on tour. Really, I ain't going to miss but him. But I thought you might have said uh, Mad Wax. Hey? Not a Mad Wax. Uh, ah. Yeah, no, no. I didn't mind the Mad Wax yeah. uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, that was good. There was a lot of ones. I mean, um, 
you know, I remember that whole thing about the time of Mad Wax was when Quicksilver was doing the Echo Beach range mm. and they had this sort of saying, if you don't fucking surf, don't fucking come. <laughs> no, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't rock and roll, if don't If you don't fu- rock and roll, don't fucking yeah, come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember about this. But Chappie you know, Jennings, Gary yeah, Chappie, Kong, Chappie Engleton Jennings. I grew up with Rabbit Chappie Bartholomew, Jennings. wasn't it? Because Chappie Jennings was from South Australia. Oh, right. right. And he was yeah. a grommet that sort of went over to Queensland and made a name for himself. Right. And, um, but I don't know if you know, but at that time that poster was being put around surf shops in the window everywhere. Yeah. Because it had that Echo Beach range with all checks and everything like that. Right. And um, Joe Biocchi Peterson was in power. Oh, and the And he got Coast. the police to come round and, and charge everyone with that. Really? With that poster in. With, for being offensive. Well, you can't fucking come, you yeah. know. Yeah, oh, that was swearing. You can't rock like, and roll, don't fucking come. Yeah. And, um. Basically, um, yeah, it was big headlines about, but it was all Joe's, you know, the police there were... Right-wing Joe. Right-wing Joe. Unbelievable, you know. I've got to ask you, last time you've you've heard or, or, or spoken to Chappie Jennings? Oh, no, it's been forever. Yeah. Forever. You know, and I wouldn't even know... Why do you know something, Tebow? I don't. I don't, but <laughs> oh. I remember Chappie yeah. Jennings. Yeah. And, um, it's a yeah. fair question because yeah. obviously the other two people in the poster, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was Gary Rabbit. Kong Elkington and Rabbit, Rabbit Bartholomew. Yeah, that's right. And they've gone on for very uh, – had a lot of longevity in their public personas, yeah. Yeah. whereas Chappie Jennings hasn't. So no, where is no, he, he disappeared, yeah. but no, I don't yeah. know. I don't think he's back in South Australia. Oh, while we're on this one, Baz, I've got to ask you: being heavily involved with Quicksilver, yeah. were you part of the uh, part of the situation where Kong went, "Nah, I'm not being called Kong anymore. I'm being called Gary Elkson." No, no, I wasn't. Never, never met Kong. Yeah, okay. I had a lot to do with some of the other guys. I spent time with Kelly because I had to look after him when uh, the Masters uh, Margaret the contest we have now was actually yeah. sponsored by Quicksilver in the early days. Was it? So I had in the to be, thriller or the Masters. Well, I'm not sure. I get One mixed of the up two. on the names, but yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. it was the pro contest anyway. Yep. You know, the major pro contest. Yeah. And Quicksilver sponsored it, so I had to look after Kelly a little bit. And he was sort of all right. I mean, I met some of these guys. I mean, Jake would know them all, so it's a bit sort of what I say is really irrelevant because Jake was there. Jake at the Patterson, time, you know, yep. Jake Patterson, and Ant Man, and those guys that made it onto the pro sort of ranks. Um and um. But Kelly, I had to look after him and take him kangaroo spotting one night. Really? During the Masters. Yeah. <laughs> Just he wanted drive to go along, out and drive along to see kangaroos. So it wasn't my car. I don't know who it was, but we had big spotlights on it and we went out and we weren't shooting and we were just looking at them. You know? <laughs> yeah. But he, he was okay. He wasn't a bad guy. Some of the really nice guys, like Ross Clark Jones, if you know him. I was just looking at the Super nice you. guy. Yeah. We're going to yeah. get to those when we yeah. get to yeah. the It's not part of that why that's there it's just yeah. the mammoth size of that wave for a paddling yeah. I think. that's huge yeah. isn't it? and um but yeah ross clark jones is a really good guy um uh mark richards really sold of the earth really yeah, easy to talk to i mean Oki's yep. really easy i've met Oki a few times but only through george simpson and other people that he knew but yeah um but all the quickie riders i i had i had to look after him at certain times when they came beyond the circuit you know yeah uh, Tommy Carroll, you know, oh, sort yeah. of people like that. What's your best Tommy Carroll story? I haven't really got a good Tom. Actually, I've got a bad Tommy Carroll story, but I'm even not better. No, no, oh. no, no. I'm not going there. No, I'm okay. not going there on this one. Um, but um, yeah, all right. I'm not a huge fan. As okay. It turns out. Okay. Then, but mate, um, I've got one last question he's for a big snake in the surf. TC. Yeah, probably. Oh yeah. Actually, I've got a T-shirt 
the Tommy Gay there, I went on this trip to Northwest Papua with the guy that was the um, uh, the guy that owned Reef, who I used to do their range here, Reef Sandals and that, and uh, Butch, who's a really nice guy. But there was a guy who was the editor of Tracks, and I don't know, oh, his name's not coming to me now. How long ago? Oh, it's going back about, I'd say, 12 years ago, something like that. Editor of Tracks. wasn't born. Uh, no, no, no. Neil Ridgeway. Not Neil Ridgeway. Before, before Neil Ridgeway. Or after Neil, Neil Ridgeway. Ridgeway. Oh, I don't know if it was before or after, but it's probably not really relevant. Yeah. But Phil he had Jarrett, the, Sean Doherty. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Think, doesn't yeah. matter. Anyway, nice guy. Really guy, really talkative. He was actually really good fun on the trip. And... um. He uh, had a T-shirt that uh, it's okay to drop in on your friends. <laughs> and so this T-shirt, I said, where'd you get that? I love that T-shirt. I love that T-shirt. And he goes, it's Tommy Carroll's. He said, no way. When he went to Hawaii recently, and this was going back a little bit before that, but Tom was off the circuit and everything, but he was doing like an annual Christmas visit to Hawaii. He bought about 12 of these along <laughs> and gave them out to friends. No saying way. Saying it's okay to drop on your, friend, <laughs> on your friends. And I actually ended up swapping with this guy um, a T-shirt that he liked of mine that said, uh, my T-shirt said, um, oh, um, it's going to come to me in a minute. This has been 76 right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh shit! It'll come to me, but I end up swapping the t-shirt because yep. he loved my t-shirt and I love that. Yep. So I've got this Tommy Carroll yep. t-shirt. That's it's okay, to drop any friends. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like your t-shirt was the complete opposite. Uh, <laughs> no, um, um, oh, shit. Okay, we'll I come back. We'll come back, it. It. I'll come back to it. Come back to it, mate. I, I've got one last question for you in this uh, setting before we talk about some of your photos. I'm not sure if the other guys do have yeah. one more as well. But um, the other night when we were talking, I noticed a bit of a twinkle in your eye when you brought up your friend Artie Sherb Sherbin, mm -hmm. and uh, he seemed like a bit of a character. Oh, mate! See, I've been I've been looking at that fucking That's photo. Albine giving him a beer as he comes out of the water. Oh, I've been looking at this photo on your fridge. Now, while going, you talk that for a second, can I go to the toilet? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we'll give a pause. We had a piss break. Yep. As soon We're as back. your hand touched your old fella, it kicked the brain into action <laughs> and you remembered the T-shirt. I remember the T-shirt. <laughs> we know where your brain it's is based. It had nothing to do with my dick. Anyway. <laughs> um, so the T-shirt the that, that you I swapped, swapped yep. um, it's okay to drop in on your friends, on yep. your best friends. Or yep. Tommy's Tommy's T-shirt. Tommy, what did your T-shirt say? world famous because he's well known. As yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, ever. I've read that many times. More so yep. than Joel Parkinson. Yep. So... um. Uh, the T-shirt that I swapped with him said, age and treachery will always overcome youth and exuberance. Jesus. And I know it sounds straight. a little bit, uh, but when you think about it, it just means, you know, it's okay to be older and there's that little bit of crunt, cunning and, you know, craftiness that you can yep, bring yep. into play. It's a lot deeper than it's okay to drop in on your friends. That's yeah, for sure. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a few older surfers out there like Kelly and... Yeah. People like that, that, you know, their guile in the water and how good they are at competing. Yeah. They've just learned it over a lifetime, you know. Don't you reckon? I don't know. I No. Yeah, fair call. Yeah, yeah. I reckon Mate, that's um, a very, very good point. And it's a good time to uh, 
move on to the next section of the podcast, I reckon. Yeah. Yep. Which is sort of almost naturally segued anyway to, uh, I, I just wanted to ask you once about Artie Sherburn because I know he died recently. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know him uh, no. personally, but I've got some mates, uh, especially one Dan Wire, shout out to Dan, friend of the podcast, yeah. who was really good mates with him and was like, mate, this dude was a fucking legend. Like yeah. he's an icon. He was such a character. Yeah. And you mentioned him bloody hours yeah. ago in the podcast and I just wanted I just saw a sparkle in your eyes when you mentioned his oh, name yeah. so he must have been a good dude he was really um, nice. we're about to do a tour of the photos and and uh, funnily enough one of the photos that I've been looking at this whole time yeah. is of uh, someone with a board under their arm what looks like a comp rashi on and then it's just a rashi it's not a just comp. Oh, okay and, and then he's, re- he's reaching for it's, a it's Artie and, yeah. and Al Bean's giving him a beer yeah and the, and but he's got he's not just giving him a beer he's got the um napkin folded oh, yeah. over the forearm <laughs> well, well, he's got the plate yeah. with a beer on the plate it's yeah. like full service Doug Warbrick style yeah right yeah. as as he's in, as he's exiting the water as he's exiting he's, the water yeah his, his feet are still in his the water his feet are still in the high tide mark and Beanie's mark. got got the the tray with the beer on it that's not the, Moses by any chance is it or no it's Indies Oh, okay. Artie, I, I sort of helped Artie get there on a trip. And, uh, yeah, sick. Yeah, and Mate, uh, yeah, so give us we, your best had, Marty story then. Best Artie story? Yep. I don't know that I've got a really best one because we were really good mates and we I think I mentioned very early in the piece that how I met all these WA guys at Crescent Heads and then that sort of gave me this sort of reason to maybe come to WA when I got caught up for Vietnam. So Artie was yep. one of the guys I met. And then when I came over to live... I lived with Artie and his wife for, Judy and I lived with them for about a month while we sort of found somewhere to live, rent in Perth, you know, for company to live. So we go back a long way and we've done a number of surf trips together. Um, well, not really a lot of surf trips together. We've actually, he came, I, I sort of managed to help get him to the Maldives because I just thought he needed it. He's He did suffer a little bit from anxiety and some issues and um he didn't like surfing with a lot of people and at that stage luckily in the Maldives there wasn't too many people and then um I think from there um he he was a very much he was a surfer of of habit for example um if he every day before he went to work and when he was living in Perth he was working for Ampol he would be the only guy sometimes in the water. It would it would be shit house. One foot, he would be out there. I remember Dave Kennedy did a surf. He used to be a, a surf. You'd yeah, ring yeah. up and get the yeah, surf report. Get the surf yeah, report. Yeah, he yeah. used to come on the radio. It cost him and like I, fucking. It cost my parents about a dollar fifty, which was huge for what? a phone call back then to ring up the Dave Kennedy Star Surf Report, right? Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that was expensive. I thought it just came on the radio. Oh, maybe I'm getting confused. No, there was something that used to ring up. Yeah, well, it might def- have been as well. a phone line used to call. Yeah, yeah. after, but maybe. But he maybe did used to do it on the radio. Yeah. And I was driving to work one day, and I heard this, uh, that Dave, Dave was doing the surf report. It was before he started to work for me, I think, where he was before he, you know, worked um, under Rip Curl and that. And um, he said... All right, guys, he said, the surf is so bad today that even Artie Sherbin isn't out there. Because <laughs> Artie would ride anything, and he was a creature of habit. He just had to have that little get wet in the morning at yep. 6 a.m. or 5.30, whatever no it was, what. going to work at Ampol down in Frio, you know? That's a beautiful and, um, but, summary. Um, he, 
he was he really was a lovely guy, you know. Like we were really good mates. Um, but I knew that I couldn't crowd him. I couldn't say ring him up and say, "Look, you know, you haven't been to the surf museum at Aravine. You want to meet there and have lunch?" You go, "Oh, look, Baz, you know, I'd like to, but I don't like being out with people that much." He became more of a hermit in latter years, which is really sad because it it sort of held back our connection a little bit. But I had to respect that. It's not that. unusual in this area, though, man. I mean, no. you know, it's down south. It's the forest. It's, yeah. you know, especially in the 70s when a lot of you guys yeah. came down here, it was to get away from people, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And yeah. surf. So it's yeah. not no. completely yeah. out of the blue to, no. to be a recluse yeah. in, in this part of the world. He, he had. Know? He was lucky. He lived in Quarum Up Township. He had the country club there. And the bizarre about thing about Artie was that when you put him at a bar with a beer, yeah. And a lot of mates that are just local wood choppers. You know what Quarum Up's like. It's yeah, yeah. sort of like... There's a bit of farming a, You know, element. a bit of farming yeah. in that. Yeah. He he was really open and lovely. But then yeah. he'd leave the pub and go home and then for the rest of the week he, he wouldn't surf Speak as much. Yeah. But he was a creature of habit with his surf. And he surfed well. He won the, he won the 1977. He was the first West Australian to win an Australian title. Was he? In 1977, Crazy glass I, I won it in 78, Everybody. and he won it in 77 at Crazy. Sydney. Yeah, surf a cheeky monkey and yeah. uh, yeah. cheers your friends yeah. to Artie. Have a cheers to, uh, to yeah. Artie, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll do that. Life well lived. Hi, I'm Jamie Mitchell. I like getting barreled big waves, and I just got barreled on the Barreled Surf Podcast. You. Now, we love surf history on the Barreled Surf Podcast, and we're in Baz Young's dungeon. Cave. Cave. Yeah, you know, the straight to the <laughs> straight to the pool room. That's straight what it to is. The pool room. All the stuff my wife wouldn't have in the house. Now, there's so much surf memorabilia and photos in this room. It's incredible. So much history. And the first thing I sort of gravitated towards was this photograph of a hearse. Um, it's looks like it did carry bodies, by the way. It did carry bodies. Before we got it, it carried bodies. It's got all the all the grommets of the Sea View board riders in South Australia, all all sort of scattered all over the top of it, and boards on the roof. Three rows of boards, actually. Three rows of boards. Um, Not two rows, three. And the fins are absolutely huge, big single fins. I know that adds that gets Adzi pretty excited. Yeah. But tell me a little bit about this photograph because um, you look like a bit of a grommet here. And um, Well, yeah. it's actually a pretty hammy one, this one, because it was done as a promo shot for 5AD, who was sponsoring us. And what they'd done initially is they'd actually had this, you know, there's the ad straight ahead of us before that photo. It's called the Surf Chaser. And it was a 1952 single spinner Ford. Um, I don't, I'm not really big on sort of describing cards, but I've sort of checked that out before tonight's It's a interview. fucking strange-looking car. It's very round. It's yeah, long yeah, and round. Yeah. Well, it was a hearse. How do you make <laughs> it long while still being round? I don't know. <laughs> but 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 basically it was um, it was bought by this radio station in South Australia called 5AD, and they decided to sponsor us because surf music was just going through the roof at the time with the Beach Boys and all that shit. And it was... And it was, uh, everyone was captivated by surf music and surfing. So they bought this surf chaser and they, the idea to win it was you had to guess the weight. And apparently the guy that guessed the weight um, didn't want it. And I can understand why because it's a bloody big unit. I mean, my folks used to die whenever on Friday, on, on the weekend when it stayed at my place 
or after the weekend, would say at my place, my mum and dad say, you're not really going to leave that lime green and black <laughs> car out the front of our place, are you? And um, so anyway, they gave it to us because uh, he didn't want it, gave him 500 pounds or dollars or whatever it was at the time. And um, that's what we ended up with it. It became like a club rooms. We were in it every weekend and, you know, 14 guys. That's the same one. And you mentioned before you had the, what, the 60th year anniversary a few years uh, ago? No, no, we had the 50th, 50th anniversary where, you know, we're not far off celebrating the 60th. And the club's about the third oldest club in Australia or something like that. I think Phillip Island Board Riders, maybe Narrabeen started year or, you know, 18 months before us. So we started in 64 and, um, yeah, we, we've done, we're up to our 60th nearly. So... Yeah, good so, effort. Uh, amazing effort. So what I can see here, you love a stinking left. Um, there is a stinking so, left, T-Bone. So I many like that. epic photographs. Yeah, going of, left. Of going left. That's right. Coming from a natural yeah. footer. Hey, I don't mind going back end. No. Nah. But this one up here, Baz, it's absolutely oh, firing. Oh, oh. Well, it's not me. It's but not it's, yeah, it looks it's <laughs> a guy, it's <laughs> a guy called epic. Dave Clark who ran Tavarua. And say, he had it wide. But he was, but, but he was taken off on a spot called the, Aussie Corner. The white water looks ten foot. Because the Aussies foot. took off a bit deeper. So um, yeah, that's a pretty steaming. T Bone's referring to a uh, yeah six to eight foot perfectly groomed barreling left hander with some guy just in the bowl. Bouncing up higher. Yeah, or in the mic, Baz, in the mic. Oh yeah, but you yeah, can see that. Yeah, the white water's bouncing up higher than the wave, high. so it's yep. hollow, very hollow. Mm. Uh, mate, this next one down here, this black and white. Is that you at restaurants? No, unfortunately, like that's not me again. It's the same guy, oh. Dave Clark. <laughs> this one at Cloudbreak there is, and then one down the bottom is here at Pasta. But You've got beautiful little wooden frames around them, don't they, T-Bone? Oh, yes. Epic. We're very clever. <laughs> hey, what I want to do, ask you about, if yeah. we just move over here, I love the group the group shots. I mean, you've got one here, you've yeah. got one up there. Yeah. Um, you've All got right. what here? We've got... Well, that one... That one there is... Got five guys here. I look like a Biafran. I like, I, like I've got no excess. I'm as skinny as You're I've ever fit, been in my life. you dude back then, yeah. And that's... Uh, the reason being is I'd been living in Queensland and um, I'd sort of been living for the last three months on... I used to buy a loaf of bread, a half a loaf of bread, eat the middle out of the loaf of bread, <laughs> buy some chips, some like real chips, not crispy chips, like potato fish and chips. chips. Yeah. No, not them. Like the real chips, yeah, like no, potato, potato chips, yeah. yeah, and put them into the loaf of bread and eat them. But initially, we could afford peanut paste and honey. <laughs> and if you've ever had peanut paste, peanut paste, honey and banana sandwiches, yeah. they're just a killer. <laughs> but in the end, we were just down to beer basics, and that's why I look like that. I should probably go back to eating just yeah. half a loaf <laughs> with chips in and nothing else for the rest of the day. And Noel that's Cooper the on the left with there. the, with the, uh, with the cigarette in his yeah. mouth. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so smoking doesn't kill. No. No, that's a fallacy. <laughs> Was it was that the birth of the Okinawi board short you're wearing there, uh, Bert? Did you get uh, that Well, I got them from when I was in Noosa, living in Noosa. Um, they had some sort of Hawaiian prints. Well, I thought they were Hawaiian prints. They're probably not really, but what are they? Some sort of leaf on a board short. 
No, they're not tropical fish. <laughs> don't bring that up again, all right? Don't bring up, don't bring up tropical fish on shirts. <laughs> hey, Lenny, hey, shut up. Hey, hey Lenny. <laughs> That's your, yeah. He's <laughs> our fierce dog. Moving along, mate. And moving along. So we've got a photo up here. Ah, that's the what, first trip 15, to the bluff. 16 guys look like they're having a great that's, old time. That's all the people at the bluff in 1978. Oh, wow. There's Albine on the left there. Yep, Albine, me and Kemak. So us three went together. The guy on the right is a good mate of mine, Dave Wern and his wife. And uh, down here is uh, uh, Jan and then... This guy's from down south and it's Pete and his name which won't come to me, yep. which I feel very apologetic about. The guy in the middle there was a crazy, crazy guy that arrived at the bluff with um, so many Buddha sticks packed into the panels <laughs> of the car and then set up a, temp a teepee, a pure... American Indian teepee, and they are bloody big. They're much bigger than what you think they are. And he set that up there, and his name is Toad. And I'm still in contact with him, but he's he's gone in and out of a lot of drug rehab places. But he's a great guy, and I and I still kept in contact with him. So I, I occasionally send him a funny joke or whatever, you know. Hats off to Toad. Yeah, classic, Toad. Let's classic. yeah, let's raise our glasses to Toad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh no, oh, yeah. how epic it's that would have been. Uh, he was just insane. I couldn't believe it. Some of the stories I could tell you about him. Oh my god, mate, you've got this epic sort of uh, drop knee, drop knee on the. I wish I could on do the that Malibu. now. Now I've had to go back to Malibu. I've got to ask you, mate. Why are you raising the right arm? There? Oh, that's it's, part of the old style. Part of the style. Yeah, that's the Lance Carson loving soul this, arch. Loving that style. That I know. Knee. I wish I could do that now. I can see by the nose of that Mel, that's a legit old Mel. That's like, it is. That's not a new Mel. They're, they're, they're that's hard, an old photo. They're hard to Big turn. Boards. Yeah. yeah. Where, hey, where, where, was, where was that photo? Then you want to get thrown out? A uh, little right hander that you no, dig and drop. No, it's a present heads. Oh, is it? Beautiful. Yeah, yeah great yeah. photo. Yeah, that I wish I could. I d I'm not like Bob Markman, unfortunately, where I've yep. sort of... Sort of maintained this beautiful Ma Malibu style. I, I've sort of yeah. been off him for so many years, and now I've got to be back on him. I don't want to be, but um, I don't do that anymore. I can assure you, Adzi. Yeah, that's fair enough, mate. What about that massive black and white print of '59 uh, FC Holden? Ah, uh, it's not a Holden there. No, no, they're all British cars. Oh, are they? Yeah, so, about and the trouble is in the, in the uh, early the big Mel's with the the D shaped D shaped fins, fins, yeah. fins on them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this photo was taken about 1966 and in South Australia, I'm sure it was the same all around Australia, surfers couldn't afford Holdens because they were sort of the new kids on the block and there wasn't many really old Holdens. And so if you look at that photo, there's a Humber on the left, there's a Zephyr in the middle there and oh, there's an Austin A40. But we all drove British cars because... They were sort of getting thrown out a bit cheaper because we were actually starting to manufacture cars in Australia, but we hadn't for a lot of years. We were very British in the 60s. Yeah. I mean, in, in, if you haven't watched a, an ABC TV program and you see some old footage of, of the ABC News, everyone talked with English accents. Yeah. Yeah. We hadn't, you know, sort of really sort of got our own identity yeah. in yeah. the late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. 
Yeah, speaking of cars, I know Adzi loves his panel vans. Oh, I he's mean, very happy I, with I'm that. I'm not a car to... person, but... Yeah, I'm a bit worried about that disappearing when you leave, Adzi. Yeah. How's the size of that fin? Yeah. yeah. That, that's the raked, the raked fin. That was after the D fin. It was after the D fin wow, they became. That's, that's more the Greeno-inspired yeah. yep. and Bob McTavish-inspired fins. Mm. I mean, you can still buy them now, but not quite extreme as that one, you know. Okay, we'll move over to the kitchen there. Too. Yeah. Now, one thing is... Um, Which one? The rib curl. Oh, we already did that one. Oh, did we? Oh, good. Yeah. It's done. Yeah, the done and dusted. We did that last episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now we... This is getting into it. This goes so far back, I forgot where we started. Fuck it out. I'm loving the evolution of the surfboard from 1915 to 1990. It's telling yeah. me which surfboard resonates with you right now. Uh, well, I can tell you now that... <laughs> Even though Alayas and that have come back, which is basically a bit, bit like that solid redwood on the, at the start, but they, but that's the shape of a lot of Alayas. Um, probably the only one I don't know that any of them really resonate <laughs> with me. I mean, this the toothpick one, this one here right in the middle is. I mean, that's more of a lifey's lifesavers type thing where they just stood up on a board. And well, if you're going to ride a board tomorrow, oh, that's a good question. What would you ride? Oh shit! Uh, well. Remember my age. All right, I'm going to say... The 68 that I, looks like a I Kel reckon the Kelvinator. 68... It's a Kelvinator. Would, I reckon that's... A, which I'm a big fan of, you know. Mark Ogram's Kelvinators. I've bought a few of them from him. And uh, and I hope to get back on one, but I don't know whether I will. But that's, that, that's the one that I'd probably go with. 1968, foam blade covered with fibreglass. Weight 22 pounds. <laughs> What's that? How much is that? I don't know, but it sounds oh, like a few, lot. A few oh. kilos. Yeah. That's a, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's about 11 yeah. kilos. This was done by a guy called Joe Sweeney, and his son, Jeff Sweeney, was a very good Victorian surfer. And, and uh, yeah. Oh, there's no real meaning behind that. I just thought it was a really lovely soul turn. Do you know turn. who it is? No, no idea. No idea. No, no. Who's that guy, Kevin? Uh, all right, yeah, I can tell you a little bit about him. It's uh, some guy um, with a huge blue... Is that a Mick Manolis board? No, 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 it's a McTavish oh, uh, Mal. McTavish has a grey-haired-looking right. weapon. He looks pretty fit. Uh, yeah, but here, I'll tell you now... It's he a big was, board. He, this guy didn't start surfing till he was about 45. He, goes, he was going to the Maldives. I think he's passed away now. But he was in that photo about seven, my age, about 76. And uh, his son is, was a big wave rider that ended up working on Bondi Rescue. Oh, yeah. Um, Box Kerr. Oh, yes. Well, that's the Classic. father of Box Kerr. That's the dad. It's Rodney the Box Kerr's father. No shit. I yeah. was wondering how this oh, old boy's crazy. disappeared and on he, your wall. And he was like Epic. this guy that he was... So, like, at that stage, he was pretty well older than me, which is not hard to believe, but he was. <laughs> and um, But you just didn't want to swear around him. He was just okay. like this real gentleman, okay. lovely older guy. This is a complete contradiction to Rod the Box because <laughs> apparently he was <laughs> one know. of the biggest animals of the <laughs> 80s oh, yeah. Um, yeah. professional well, surfing. That's his dad. That's his dad, but a lovely guy, lovely guy, you know. Actually, Box never came to him. I used to see him a little bit in the Maldives, but his son never came. He used to come with his wife or on his own. And he used to hike through Tibet, even at that age, with his wife. Yeah, yeah. Mate, is there a story behind this yelling up Beach Estate holiday home site? Did you just buy all of them? And, no, um, no. Well, the, 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 the retired. Oh, no, God. Um, 
I wish I could have. <laughs> Bond Corporation. Did you know Bondi? No, 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 no. I just remember seeing this ad somewhere and got hold of it. And Bondi was the first guy to actually realise the potential of yelling uphill. Alan Bond, that is. the Alan uh, Bond. You know, uh, yeah, uh, slightly uh, colourful uh, America's character. America's Cup yep. winner. Yep. Uh, or the, the backer of the America's Cup. And uh, Alan Bond, this was 1968. Yep. He had the... Um, um, all the blocks on the hill, but there's, you'll notice there's only two roads there. How much were One they? of the roads, although I can tell you, they were around about $2,000. And um, when I bought it in, bought our block on the top road in 73. Is this where we're standing now? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was five, it was 4,000. No, it was 5,000. Yeah, you told us. You yeah, it, it had doubled in price. <laughs> it had doubled in price Unreal. since 1968. Unreal. And then I thought I'd got ripped off because I found out later there was a couple of blocks on the hill for 4,500. Yeah. So when the people asked me, I just said, oh, yeah, I paid 4,500. Mate, let's uh, read out the description there. Swimming, surfing, fishing. Wonderful days in the sun at the ocean playground of the southwest. Yelling up is the ideal location for a holiday home or for investment. Yes, of course. See representative the on people site. People had only ever read that. <laughs> yeah. Bond Corporation, yeah. St. George's Terrace, Perth. Yeah. Wow. Yelling up Beach Estate, holiday yeah. home sites. Last opportunity. You yeah. got in just in time, Baz. Then we had the Artie Sherburn on the fridge. I love Andy's beer bottle, though. Yeah. I love Andy's beer bottle. Oh, no. Is yeah, that an empty one? Oh, that one over there. Oh, yeah. No, they're all, that's from Tahiti. Tahiti empty and bottles. That's from Fiji. Yeah, and that's uh, forty years of the Rotors in South Australia. They produce their own sort of wine or something like that. I don't know. That looks like uh, Tomo, isn't it? That's uh, getting a huge third in the Malibu Legends or whatever it was. I don't know. What do they call it? The Sable? What it is? Yeah. In other words, anyone over sixty or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move along to the uh, other wall here. Baz, what are we, uh, since T-Bone sorts his shit out there, yeah. uh, what have we got over here? Let's uh, see. What well about I've, this I've black got and me, white? I've what got me as a camel toe here. I'm wearing <laughs> the camel toe outfit. The reverse camel it's, toe? Uh, the camel it, tongue, I believe it, they call it. as short as this? <laughs> yeah, that is and short that, and, and that tight. Bo- and that's my brother and my dad, and that's my, sh- uh, my dad's oh, Chevrolet. Chevy. Yeah, you told us about and that one. And so these are my, look at that, sweat back here. Like I look like something like Bobby Darren from, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, some early Mate, thing. Oh, crazy. Bit bit, bit How did you fit in the shorts back in the Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But I didn't probably have much of a package. <laughs> I was only about 15 or something. <laughs> oh, that's classic. That's over at a place. That's a set of cars. We're looking at another photo. Early foggy morning. Foggy black and white. Morris yeah. Minor, maybe. FC. Uh, it's an old FJ. T- an old Ford or something yeah, there. Yeah, something like that. Big boards on the roof. Yeah. And we were crazy looking the, roof and we were sleeping in the haystack. Where was that? Well, I don't know. It was just out at a place called York's Peninsula. But it was a farmer's. Oh yeah. They just let us stay there. Sick. You know? That's a yeah. that's a really cool photo. Yeah. That's I like that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, what about this photo? Why has a, <laughs> a, a what? That's like thigh high onshore looking. Left it was hander. really onshore. It's in yeah. Port Lincoln. Yeah. It's called okay. the Tunarama Festival. Right. But. The only reason I like that photo is the trim of those really narrowed rail mouths that were sort of around at the time. Yeah, yeah. So they were knife-edge rails, 
but just the way it's moving through the water, I like. Yeah, I think that's is. the only reason I like that photo. Yeah, it is a nice... F- yeah, yeah, it's very flat board as well. You can yeah. see it just knifing through. But I was interested because it was obviously a really shitty wave. But it's, It was uh, a really shitty wave and a really shitty day. Yeah, but yeah. it's uh, it's still a cool photo that uh, captures yeah. the essence of the period. Yes, <laughs> the period. But I was keen to know the significance of the, the three or the four surfboards over here. Yeah. Okay. And I did notice well, your 1978... Aussie title jacket over there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of memorabilia but, there. Um, well, the the only thing that I did these are boards that I've shaped. So when I was working for back in South Australia with Lynchy and that, I was also doing boards. So you'll notice John Arnold. They're all John Arnold shapes. So they're boards that I shaped, and it was sort of like post Malibu times. So a lot of these boards are either like eight foot. That one's a bit shorter. Actually, I didn't shape that, but I almost like that one. it's a board of today. Like you see, yeah, some it's of the a fun board. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a single yeah. fin, but that would actually be all right for the single fin contest. Yeah, but I didn't shape that one. But I shaped that one, which has got that volane glass, which this is that is slightly green effect. A fair bit of rocker in that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of tail kick for because it got to the age, the stage when it was almost the McTavish area when people were doing a little bit more on shorter boards. They just Sort of started to sort of chop down the size of boards that we that were being surfed. So that one up the top there, look how far forward the leggy plug is. I mean, that was obviously after after market. Yeah, I hadn't really noticed that that's before. Fuck, mate, that's what your it's foot would be behind that. Yeah, yeah, and the board stringless too, yeah. right? That's a pretend. But some stringer. of these I want to take out. I'd, I'd love. To, that's got the really narrow rails. That would yeah. just glide through the water. It'd be like that photo that we just looked at there. Yeah, with yeah. The, uh, I reckon that'd through. be like that. You know, mate. Yeah. What the hell? T bones the. No, 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 no. This is all bullshit. Oh, uh, is it? No, no. It's total uh, bullshit. Curtin uh, University of Technology. By authority of the council, be it known that the degree of Doctor of Philosophy, in brackets, surfing, is conferred Don't upon... Don't say the full name. Don't ba- say the full name. <laughs> Forget about that middle name. Barry Young. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. And it's, uh, it looks very legitimate, but is that... It's just bullshit. A, is it? What do you read the, look, read the words underneath it? Okay, the re- under, it says, In recognition of his outstanding contribution to surfing and the surfing community, it also honours his exceptional <laughs> generosity to those less fortunate than himself and in particular his frequent and impulsive renditions of I Love You Baby. Yeah. <laughs> very good, yeah. very good. It's one of the few, run few songs I like to sing. Very good. Uh, mate, is I this- love you, baby. Uh, and if it's quite all right... I need you, baby, <laughs> to warm the lonely nights. I love you, baby. Oh, Trust in me when I say, oh, pretty baby, don't bring me down, I pray. Oh, pretty baby, now that I found you, stay and let me love you, baby. Wow. Let me love you. Da, 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 da. Da 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 I love you baby and if it's quite all right I need you baby to warm the lonely See Oh my yes that was 
Hands down, the best song that's uh, ever been sung on Barrel Surf Podcast. <laughs> Smooth as a fucking oh, wood yeah, rasp. Exactly, mates. That was that was fucking. That, that was amazing. You haven't had mate, that on the. We haven't. That no, was fantastic, mate. What about this? I'm looking more. at a um more if you want a three <laughs> shot sequence. Uh, it says Barry at Car Park, 79 September. Yeah. Big steep was, drop, six you know footer. Those days, Adzie, Big those ones that deep right bottom off the turn. Corner. Pulling into the pocket right there. Right off the corner. Yeah. You know those days when it's North corner. right over there, you know? Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, classic. So, so good. Mate, that's awesome. Uh, what about this beautiful looking left-hander here? Is no, that you? Bluff. High, high no, no, it's bluff. bluff. Yeah. High and tight in the yeah. tube there. And there I'm getting dropped in by Dave Hattrick from Pipeline Leg Ropes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you oh, really yes, got you yeah. a good one there. You're almost touching rails yeah, on that I one. Yeah, I know. He was a dick. He was a dick. That's, he was a dick? He was a dick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Uh, all right, we're moving around. We've almost done a full... God, is, isn't everyone bored already? No, nah, I'm loving this. Maybe it. I should sing okay, it again. No, nah, this is the one. This is the money shot. <laughs> this is... Uh, we're looking at a photo that's about... It's about six, seven hundred mil long, about three hundred mil high. Yeah. It's got that classic old 70s faded Polaroid look. Yeah, it has, actually. Um, it that's is bluff, a six trip. to eight foot wave. That is tubing no, no, off no, its No, 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 because you're just a little bit over the top there with your size. Okay, well, look, mate, let's and no, talk I don't it expect that. Oh, I don't expect that from you. You're a sort of big wave rider. Well, you're supposed to call it under. No, nah, mate, I'm no, just... No, it's only mate, five feet. Okay. Well, mate, it's five feet round. It's it's yeah. pretty fucking good. You looks like you're on a big single E. Yeah. You're way up the board. I think I can see a leg rope on there. Yeah, um, I, I don't go anywhere without a leg. Yeah, but I'm just painting a picture of the era. Okay. <laughs> He's a, he, he's he's way up the board. He's yeah. in the front two thirds, and and it looks like a classic Northwest oh, I don't freight think it's train. Is that one of Beanies though? Oh, oh I don't know. It's pretty good. It. It's pretty good. Yeah. Was that the first trip? Yep. Yep. Same trip that they won a well, Beanies. So the first got, yeah. trip you've ever gone up there, and yeah. you're pulling into that thing, just yeah. going. You're just like, yeah. I can only. I mean, well, that's we're a, young. We yeah. can do all that stuff then, you yeah. know. And it's it's a faded photo, but the colours would have been so vibrant yeah, they would at the time, you know, like beautiful. Uh, what's this little board here? Is that a twin fin? Uh, that's a beanie. Yeah, I thought um, it was a beanie. Yeah, it's a oh, beanie. Oh, singly? It's a single fin that beanie did for me. Double flyer yeah, pintail? Yeah, that sort of chamfered rail. Yep. I mean, you know, like a lot of people could paddle. I, I, probably even I could paddle that still, you know, but it's a good little board. It and was a good little board. Mate, what do we and got up there, across. T-Bone? Oh, I, I love the jacket. I'm, I'm, it's love amazing. Jacket. It's amazing you kept it. The uh, The Australian team... Well, you know what it's like with those jackets. You never actually wear them. You get given them when you go on a thing for a whatever thing you've been picked for, but you never really wear it, so it's in pretty good condition Oh, still. it's classic. Australian team, Hawaii, 1978. Love the on the surfboard. I'm loving that. And, yeah, absolutely classic. Classic tracksuit. Yeah. Looks like you're sponsored by Speedo back then too. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's all of us in our outfit there. Actually, um, because oh, wow. Tommy Carroll was in this team, but he, he sort of like, he was too cool for school even then. So he was a junior, but he didn't actually travel with the oh, team. He'd made the team. Photo. Yeah, it was in that 78 title, so he must have won the juniors or something like that. But there's uh, probably no one there that you really would know. Um, Where's Kanga? Kanga, uh, Kanga wasn't it? in it. He didn't go. He was, he was past the amateurs then. He was competing in Hawaii with, uh, you know, 
with Rabbit and all those guys. Because obviously so this, this, is, this is the famous jacket that never got worn because 78, you were too scared to let yourself well, know that, to be an Australian. that might have been part of the reason. And so then, I don't think we did actually wear them, you know. No, you wouldn't so have. So this is our arrival at bashed. the airport, but after that we never wore them because we were all a bit too scared, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we are at the trophy cabinet. There's quite a few trophies here, man. What's your most... Oh, this uh, is sounding bad now. I don't like you saying that. Okay. What's God. your most memorable trophy? Uh, the Settlers Tavern Trophy. Best what? Best WA performance. Yeah. Is that a, just in the bar? Is that in the... Is, <laughs> is that neck I and... Wish. Neck I and wish. Neck and I almost wish that. that. <laughs> yeah, very well said, Adzi. I like that. Uh, yeah, no. Look, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. A lot that's of good times, a lot of history yeah, yeah, there. That's right, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that photo there, mate, that looks like a presentations afterwards. Yeah, well, that's when they just announced, you know, you won the title. You know, and that's obviously twenty eight. That's, that's obviously is. you, uh, yeah. the big tall fella there. Wasn't that'd you? be me, yeah. yeah. That'd be me. Big tall fella. I was taller than I am now. I told you I'm <laughs> shrinking as I get older. I've lost five centimeters. Mate, what is that blow? Uh, that's a little in, um, or something that's in, in Sri Lanka. Oh, in Sri Lanka. Yeah. That's they were classic. like little surf. Um, T-Bones has spotted a photo with like two weird little Volkswagens with three wheels. No, they're actually like motorbikes with built frames around them. Oh so yeah. there's a single wheel at the front and two at the back, but they didn't have, they were like putt-putts sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So you could yeah, throw There's a wide variety on. of boards there. You've got thrusters on and then a huge D-fin yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a crossover of yeah. generation. What was yeah. that? Was that a good trip? I forgot all about that. No, it wasn't that good, actually. <laughs> Sri Lanka was pretty average. Yeah. I sort of forgot to mention that in the bad surf trips. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. What about... We're back to where we started, so we'll, we'll finish this up, mate. I yeah. want to know about this photo with a bunch of dudes okay. oh, with uh, oh, rashies on. Here. Yes. i got a classic story for this. I Perfect. forgot all about. All yeah. right. So this is a semi-final. Directional. This yep. is a semi-final yeah. of a state titles right in Whereabouts? south australia at a place called middleton oh yeah which they call it dribbleton it's really shit house but it was sort of one of the waves that we sort of used to surf right and so we're all getting ready there right then they're going to call the heat and then we walk down to this little headland and you walk out on this rocky headland and then you jump in the water when your heat starts right so so <laughs> I've got my contest head on there, very serious. Is that you in number four? Yeah, number four. They've number switched four. around the image for some reason because that four is backwards. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So this guy here, Bill Johnson, he was state champion, really, really good surfer. A couple of these guys were threats, I suppose, but, you know, he he was the one that was probably going to win the semi. you got a so mean-looking head oh, going no, there. I you were fired up, no, mate, I was hey? fired up. No, I didn't even know that was being taken, neither did he. We didn't yeah. know. It was down the Because no one took photos back then. It well, like it was a long way away, and it was probably with a small telephoto or something. Yeah. So anyway, so we walk out in the point. We're getting ready to jump off and waiting for the siren to go, and we're all sort of jockeying position on this little headland, and all of a sudden this bigger-than-usual set comes through, and I'm right on front spot, right? I'm right on front spot, <laughs> and the wave washes me off the point. No. And I land in the water... And there's a, over the microphone, it goes, Black is disqualified for hitting the water too early. Oh, no. It was a semi-final. Oh, what? So I never, I never got to compete in it. So you got disqualified oh. because I got disqualified got for jumping in the water too early, but I'd actually got washed off the point. Oh, no way. That's classic. That's classic. Oh. That is a good story. Yeah, that's a good story. Uh, mate, what about Paul this? Paul Strau 5. 
Epic Have Cheetah you heard Five. Of the Paul Strauff Cheetah Five. Yeah, Cheetah Five. Yeah. What did you call it? Uh, it used to be called Paul Strau. He was a Hawaiian surfer. Okay. That first started to do him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so before, five. The, before it was a cheetah five, it was yeah. a poor strail yeah, five. That's the I muscled, never knew that. Muscled up version of me then. That's a cracker. Oh, Where's that wave? It looks glassy. Ah, uh, it was a place called the Trough in the mid coast of South Australia. Ah, awesome. The Trough. There you yeah. go. Yeah. All right. Well, we've done a pretty full lap here. Um, I mean, we've got the big photo that we've referred to about a hundred times of uh, your beloved. Maldives. Yeah, Maldives. Four breaks there. Yeah, all the four yeah. breaks there. That's a really cool yeah. aerial photo. Yeah. Uh, mate, I thought that's it. That's it's a pasta. That one. Oh yeah, pasta. Yeah. Where's that one there? Is that, that that's like it? Uh, turtles. Is it yeah. turtles? Yeah. Yeah. Laying some cable at turtles. Yeah, unusual nice. for me to throw any buckets. Very <laughs> unusual. Uh, mate, this has been an absolutely fantastic tour of your yeah. uh, shed here. There's a couple of old surf movie posters up there as well, and mate, right. we've skipped over a few, but um. Yeah. Mate, T-Bone, Namu, you got anything what about, you want What about this one up here? Oh, okay, of yeah. The, the right. karma, uh, sorry, Lenny. If I can't wear my old Wrangler shirt... I'm not going. I'm not going. And it's a dude with a, a bunch of Hare Krishnas. Hare you tell Krishnas. it. You describe it, Buzz. Well, the most important thing about that photo is the third guy from the left with the bell in his hand raising it up high... Yeah. ...was a really well-known Victorian surfer called Charlie Bartlett. Right. And he... Um, yeah, he was really one of the top surfers. It'd be, you know, hard to find a liken to him here, but he was one of the best around. And uh, he just went into the Hare Krishnas, and yep. that's him third from the left. And it's a, just a great poster, I reckon. And uh, yeah, so, so, so it's about eight Hare Krishnas. Wear my old Wrangler shirt. I'm not going. Yeah. There's so the fourth guy, guy from the left with a blue yeah. denim Wrangler shirt on, yeah. and everyone in Hare Krishna stuff. Yeah. yeah that's. Uh, yeah. Is and it? That's, um, that's my son, the surf nut. That's just a very old. LP. Comedy record of interviews and oh really yeah it's a bit of fun that sounds pretty cool oh it's pretty funny yeah. it's pretty it's pretty goofy it's pretty sort of goofy but it's all right yeah that's epic yeah yeah and Mate. those and those are well you know that shot of the, that was the hill going into bears into Yellinger sorry into Yellinger yep before it was graded yeah it's funny how it's got the same shape what do you got T Bone how classic is that photo? Larry Bertelman standing in front of a Rolls Royce in front of Sydney Harbour Bridge with a like a surfboard under his. Yeah, body. well, the, all these photos were rip curl ads, and I got the boys to do them up for me because I thought they were all classic at the time. You know, Nat yep. Young and Wayne Lynch together, Terry Fitzgerald and, 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 and Tommy Cow. Yeah, that's Terry Fitzgerald. But there was two Terry Fitzgeralds. That's one of them, and then that's um, um, what's his name on the right there. Um, Tommy Carroll. Tommy Carroll. Baby Tommy Carroll. And, uh, a lot of uh, hair. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then Michael Peterson. And that's Al Chapman on the far right there. Oh, yeah. Classic old that's rip me girl avatars. Holding a, uh, you know, what a long, neck. A long neck. Yep. Very good. So that's about it. Mate, it's been an absolutely yeah. fantastic interview. Yeah. It's been a really it's enjoyable. It's been a long ride through a lot of wank. Mate, oh mate, look, you know, I'm sure there's plenty more singing. Says, and a bit of, mate, the you singing. You want me to finish off with another song? Fucking oath we do. Oh, yeah, no, nah, okay. alright. Unless anyone's got anything further to say, I think we should finish with a song. One thing. Okay. I love you, baby. <laughs> and if it's quite alright. <laughs> no, no, we've got a new one. Okay, right? Baz, let's finish this with a beautiful scheme, song. Right? Okay. We've got to finish on a surfing scheme, alright? Sounds great.
So it's early in the morning and it's time to make a start and I put my polished surfboard on the rack upon my car. I head down to the surf club where the waves are breaking high. I'm going to catch a mountain wet. I won't go down the mine because I walk the plank, ride the hook. When, don't interrupt Namu. When <laughs> the time is drawing near, I'm moving down the wall. Now steady as she goes, you got your toes upon the nose and now you're hang and five. Hang and five. <laughs> Hang and five. <laughs> yeah. Upon the Malibu. Now, wait for it. Now, when the day is over and all the surfers meet, we go down to the surf club to stomp and dance and beat. Ooh. And when the day is through, you hear the surfers say, Don't forget tomorrow, we got another day. We got to walk the plank, ride the hook. I think it's about time we cut it short now because everyone is tuned out and no one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Night. <laughs> Mate, that's the best ending I've ever heard. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>